0: listening to Program to Chill, a show about business, crime, parapolitics, and esoterica with your host, Jimmy Fallon Gong. Hey, thank you for joining us. Today I'm here with Luke Marshall, and we have a very special episode about SoundCloud rap. How are you doing, Luke? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very good. <laughs> yeah, I look forward um, to this. Yeah, so I've been talking to Luke for a while, and I would say that he probably knows more about this SoundCloud rap than I do. Like, I've listened to a lot of it. I was really into it around 2015, 16, 17, but like, yeah, Luke, Luke knows his stuff, so I'm very excited to go down this horrifying voyage together. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to get some backup sometimes for certain topics, but... Yeah, let's just get into it. So I have sort of a opening statement here about the SoundCloud rap scene, right? So like, there's always been underground rap, right? And I'm not trying to be like the rap explainer here. But like, you know, (laughs) in the past, I think underground rap was sort of focused on regional scenes. But then as the internet developed, like things became a lot more fluid. And like, it's not that regional scenes didn't still exist. Like, By necessity, that's always the case. But, like, certain people could amass followings far beyond what, like, a normal regional scene would offer, right? And, like, that started with the internet in general, but then it only accelerated when, you know, platforms like SoundCloud popped out, you know, popped up. Absolutely. And then, like, rap has always assimilated and integrated new sounds, but I feel like when SoundCloud rap started... There was like a new wave of that where they were a lot of the SoundCloud rappers were doing like, they were bringing emo back in, they were doing rap rock again to some extent. And then they were recycling drill and trap and like punk aesthetics and all of this while the dirty South stuff and the Atlanta rap scene were, you know, being especially vibrant at the time. So like, are there any other influences you think I left out Luke?
1: No, I think that that's a pretty good explanation. I mean, there's some artists who have like you know maybe a slight new metal influence with someone like Ghostman mm. or or something like that. But uh, a lot of the new SoundCloud rap really is just kind of like a hodgepodge of genres, and there's really a lot of influences going. But no, I think that you did a pretty fair job in uh, going at most of the main influences, and also something that I think is of note, kind of how you said that, you know, the internet opened up rap to some extent. It's also kind of interesting because the internet's also made it much more easy to study about the occult or to find information on these types of things. So I think that you also see kind of more of a proliferation of occult ideas and philosophies in rap also. So not only did the internet kind of open up rap and soundcloud rap specifically to you know a whole lot of creative influences but it really opened it up as well to the occult not that that wasn't already influenced that was there at some point but it seems to have gotten a lot more in your face
0: yeah because like i would say over the past i don't know couple decades like rappers have sort of developed from being like, almost like that Jamaican, like MC tradition, you know, into basically more and more like rock stars, which like, yes, rock stars were always also sort of a, you know, that also came from like the black tradition, but like, like rap has changed, right? And rap and rock have sort of converged, I would argue. And I think you see that with SoundCloud. And to that end, you see a lot of like you said the occult influences and in the old days i think when you look at stuff like vigilant citizen or something he would make like a a really good case that like it was the record labels interjecting this weird satanic shit but with these underground rappers like half of these guys weren't even signed when they were doing this stuff like you couldn't make the case that it was anyone except for them they were into it themselves right Absolutely. And I mean,
1: we'll get into X later and some of these other people. But I mean, you could easily argue with someone like X Temptation that he has, you know, if you believe in, you know, the spirit realm or whatever you want to call it, has maybe used that to his advantage in order to get to the position that he got himself in. But it seems like he had somewhat of an interest, you know, before he really blew up. Yeah,
0: exactly. And like, You know, we all, probably a lot of us, we know the trappings of, like, how SoundCloud rappers look. Like, face tattoos, often colorful, outlandish, personal style, right? But, like, I mean, I'm not trying to over-explain what SoundCloud rap is, but, like, the point of the episode today is to explore the occult elements in SoundCloud rap. And that's not necessarily to, like, trash on it. Like, I don't know about you, Luke, but, like... I always liked listening to a lot of this stuff. Maybe not everyone we are going to talk about was my favorite or whatever, but like like what was your experience? Like did you listen to a lot of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I have listened to a good deal of this stuff and I have a lot of friends who aren't as much into it now, but you know, you know, back in the 2016 maybe to 2018 period when SoundCloud was, you know, kind of more in its heyday and stuff, I had a lot of friends who were really interested in the music and listen to it. And yeah, there's lots of artists in here who, even if I don't agree with a lot of the ideologies or spiritual beliefs that they maybe hold, I think are incredibly talented. And they also did something uh, relatively new and fresh for rap music and definitely have left an impact. So yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade on, you know, all the rappers that we talk about. And there's also um you know kind of like two different camps of rappers who are interested in the occult there are people who maybe use it to as part of their aesthetic and they kind mm. of use it to add to their
0: like a like a free zone.
1: yeah yeah and then there are people who uh Like, you know, we'll get more into X later, but who are really kind of entrenched in these ideas and traditions and seem to take it much more seriously. And I think it goes beyond the realm of aesthetic. And there hasn't been a whole lot of people who've done a good job of really taking these people's ideas to task and, you know, seeing how it influenced their art and how it's just, you know, influenced rap as a genre at large and what have you.
0: Yeah, and their personal actions and actual lives and like the impact that it seems to have on them, right? Because like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, by and large, mostly the people who use it as aesthetics, like occultism, are the ones who seem to be integrating it. Like, there are there's some people who don't seem to really be living it, but maybe toy with some imagery, but like, for the most part, would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree with that. And I think you're right that like this stuff isn't necessarily good, right? I mean, it might be artistically interesting sometimes, but like this combined with obviously the like the lifestyle, and like we can see that it has a negative impact. And I'm not trying to be like preachy or moralizing, certainly not, especially because you know, I'm like a white dude or whatever. But like, I think we can look at someone like Juice World who you know said what's the 27 club we ain't even making it past 21 and like he didn't right (laughs) yeah like absolutely and like there's a long list of guys who died even younger than 27 which is like really negative that's awful
1: it's crazy i mean i said this to you over dms but like a lot of these SoundCloud rappers who are dying make the people who died out in Laurel Canyon seem old. You know? Like it's it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, like I mean off the top of my head, there's XXS Tentacion, there's Lil Peep, Juice World. I mean, several other guys have almost died, like and obviously they're all talented, you know, we don't really want people to die, but like Looking at this scene and being like, there are unhealthy elements across the board, both the types of drugs they're using and their spiritual practices, perhaps, I don't think that's really out of pocket to suggest, right?
1: No, I don't think so. And I think that, you know, I I keep referring to X just because there's so much about him. So I, I probably ought to quit doing that before we cover him. But I mean... There's multiple quotes of his that are kind of like that he doesn't even want his fans necessarily messing with these ideas because, you know, of the power that they that they hold or something. so, I don't know, you could probably, even if you got in a room with some of these SoundCloud rap guys, get them to say as much as well.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And it certain things X said reminds me of Aleister Crowley being like, this is not a good path, like you shouldn't do this, which... I know there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek sometimes, perhaps, but especially when you're like, no, this stuff is real, it works, it's powerful, don't do it. You know, I think there's an element of, like, enticement there, but, like, at the same time, I don't think they're lying. They know that it's bad. Like, so... Yeah, yeah. Like, I I completely agree.
1: And I don't think that's the only parallel that he really has with Crowley, because, I mean, we are talking about people dying early um, in this kind of scene and he would have a lot of people who would die around him and uh, certainly have a lot of complication added to their life and that's also another parallel that he has with Aleister Crowley someone who had multiple people either die commit suicide or kind of go crazy who were inside of his circle
0: mm-hmm. and I will say uh, just by way of int- like introducing the topic as well that we're talking about the occult first and foremost in the SoundCloud rap scene. But we are also talking about certain networks and perhaps, you know, whether law enforcement or intelligence that might have a hand in things as well. And, like, I didn't research this as much as the occult stuff, but if... I mean, if... I'm not saying this to Luke, but, like, to my listeners, like... A lot of rappers are confidential informants. And the a lot of rappers are sometimes like actual assets of the police. Like Death Row Records was arguably a LAPD operation itself. Uh, I think Wu-Tang Clan, I think their manager was like actually a CI. Like several of them I think have been as well. And I'm not saying that to like, you know put anyone down. A lot of these pe- a lot of these guys get entrapped. So, I will say that like it's a very messy complicated world in the rap game as you might imagine. So, do you have any insights on that, Luke?
1: I mean, absolutely. I mean, it is definitely a messy game. Um even aside from, you know, people getting shot and killed over like small squabbles and beefs that happen inside of the community like when we were, when I was researching, saw baby who we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, like he made this rap video called "Hit Him with the Stick," and the mm-hmm. police used it as a way to identify a bunch of real criminals who had been stealing guns from out of cars, and then one of them ended up murder. And so this whole music video where they're you know posing with guns and all have their faces out in the open, and a lot of them are underage was actually used by the police to you know identify lots of people and that's a story that's happened multiple different times and like you pointed out how there's been a lot of informants in the world of hip-hop and we'll also just cover some people who have other strange connections whether that be to the porn industry or maybe with someone like Lil Tracy it's that they came from kind of a more uh a background where, you know, his parents were involved with music as well as his sister and something. So he's more industry than you would maybe initially think of him being. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's a whole lot of strange connections that exist
0: in the in the world of rap. Exactly. I would agree. So let's see here. We sort of have a roadmap. So we're going to start with Ghost Main and then we're going to... Just for the listeners to know where we're headed, I think we'll talk about Trippy Red, Wi Fi's funeral, and then a lot of well, a lot of the Florida guys will be towards the end. So like Wi-Fi's funeral, Puya, Fatnik, I guess, Ski Mask, and then I think we're probably gonna wrap up with X uh, <laughs> both because there's probably a abundance of research and things to talk about, so uh, Luke, I think you did the most research on Ghostmain. Would you like to kick that off?
1: Yeah, well, Ghostmain was born in Lake Worth, Florida, and something that we're going to see with a lot of these SoundCloud rappers is that they come from Florida, specifically like the Miami area. Um, so, Ghostmain was born in Florida on April fifteenth, nineteen ninety-one, and as far as just kind of like giving background to where Ghostmain came from, the only thing that I can find that is of, you know, real significance is that his dad died when he was at the age of 17, and it's something that he'll refer to multiple times throughout his music. But if we're going to be talking about the occult in SoundCloud rappers, there's basically no way that you can talk about that without talking about Ghost Mane, because out of all the people who are, you know, practicing occultist or who just reference the occult, Ghost Mane's probably the most flagrant in all of SoundCloud rap. He openly describes himself as a Thelemite, which I'm sure people who listen to this podcast knows that Thelema is the religion that was established by Aleister Crowley after he dictated the Book of the Law from an entity he called Iowas. And uh, I can read some of the lyrics that I have printed out here to some Ghost Mane songs that can give you an idea of just how flagrant the um occult flair he has is yeah
0: let's go for it
1: okay but so some of the lyrics to ghost Mane's songs this one comes from a song called plagues and it says fuck anton Levay, you're the reason edgy motherfuckers are a thing anyone who bought your bible is a damn fake rest in piss i hope your followers hang on a rope Shitting on Anton LaVey is something that Ghost made <laughs> will do throughout his uh, musical repertoire. Um, here's a, another lyric of his from a song called Kali Yuga, which is a phrase for like the end of times, like the last epoch of time. Um, Y'all think I worship Satan? Bitch, I am a Thelemite. Do what thou wilt. No dogma can close my wide open eyes. That comes from the book of the law that uh crowley dictated from Iowas. uh another one from a song of his called elixir says i don't worship satan i'm just saying that we get along which i think is a really interesting lyric because it's kind of uh it's very crowleyan of him to write that mm-hmm. lyric Because it's like this idea like, oh, you're crazy if you insinuate that anything I have to do has anything to do with Satan or the devil, but also we're friends, you know? So I thought that was something that Crowley would be very proud
0: of. I feel like every Satanist insists that they don't worship Satan, but that they just like him or something like, so it's like, and then just shitting on like the church of Satan. Yeah, that's like, that's real, like you're. You know, not just surface level. You're like deep into the world if you have strong opinions about hating the normie version of the thing that you're into. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And here's the last uh, bit of lyrics that I'll read from a Ghost main song. This song is called Karanzin, and we'll talk more about uh, who Karanzin the entity is. But all that I see grabbing at me... Iowas, please don't drag me deep into a sea, black as can be. Running away won't make me free, gotta fight to breathe. Karanzen running the abyss, through he is sanctity. I can now breathe. <laughs> Set of lyrics from the song and um, th- Those are lyrics like where you would, really wouldn't be able to understand anything about them unless you kind of already had a more than normal knowledge of Aleister Crowley and the beliefs of Thelema. And he mentions two separate entities. Um, one, Iowas, and then the other is Karanzin. And so when... Crowley traveled to Egypt with his wife at the time, Rose Edith Kelly. Um, she began to repeat this phrase, they are waiting for you, which uh, if you're releasing this on Halloween, <laughs> that's some good spooky vibes. You know, yeah. I mean, pretty scary stuff um, while they were spending. So, yeah, she kept repeating they're waiting for you while they were spending the night in the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid in Egypt. And which
0: which was their honeymoon by the way just a normal thing to do right
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah I don't even think they like hardly knew each other at this point they hadn't been going together that long I, t- I don't believe so um, yeah it's certainly quite the honeymoon and uh, so Crowley being the person who he was obviously was interested in Rose's newfound psychic abilities, and he wanted to put them to the test and make sure that she wasn't BSing him. And so he invoked the god Thoth, um, and Thoth represents, he he's the god of the moon, he can symbolize magic and wisdom and judgment, and so he invoked Thoth and began to prompt her with questions. And these t- um, this test that he was kind of putting her through culminated in him taking Rose to this local museum and telling the entity to and identify an image of Horace in the museum and she was drawn to uh, This symbol and I want to pronounce this correctly um, But I probably will not Ank fn Consu. But anyways, what's important about this symbol that was at the museum is that its inventory number was 666 and this is a number that Crowley has previously identified with. You know, he would like to refer to himself as the Great Beast six six six, and so Crowley took this as a as a sign, and this led to Crowley ending up dictating the Book of the Law from the entity who Ghostmane mentions in these lyrics, Iowas, and uh, I'll go ahead. Which-
0: can I can I just interject? Like some Excellent. of my listeners might know who Iwas is, but if you haven't, uh, Google it. I'll also post always, you know, Twitter thread of images. But A I W A S S. It's basically a gray alien. Like a lot of people have made that comparison, but like, <laughs> like take that as you will. But Crowley drew this. Entity that he was corresponding with and it looks like a great alien Yeah, go ahead Luke
1: (laughs) Well, and also for people who want to learn more about it I would almost never direct anybody to wikipedia because it might be the most godforsaken resource on the planet Which I just saw you talking about on twitter (laughs) um Yeah, but actually one of the few times where reading a wikipedia page might be helpful is on Iowas because it really kind of lays out there the the truth about the entity, Iowas. But anyways, I'll go ahead and read a couple quotes from Crowley, and then I'll actually read a little segment from that Wikipedia page that kind of uh, condenses what Crowley had to say about Iowas, and we can get a better idea about this entity and what he might truly be referring to when he talks about him. So, yeah, Crowley dictated the Book of the Law from Iowas, and... Crowley stated of this entity, We are forced to conclude that the author of the Book of the Law is an intelligence both alien and superior to myself, yet acquainted with my inmost secrets, and most important point of all, that this intelligence is discarnate. And he would go on in Magic Without Tears to say... The holy and guardian angel is not the higher self, but an objective individual. He is not, let me say with emphasis, a mere abstraction from yourself. And that is why I have insisted rather heavily that the term higher self implies a damnable heresy and a dangerous delusion. If it were not so, there would be no point in the sacred magic of Abramelin the Mage, Abramelin the Mage.
0: Which real interjection here xx tentacion had a holy guardian angel by the way yes he did and he actually has a song (laughs) called guardian angel
2: What is this? Is it heartbreak? Is it truly what it feels like? What it sound like? What it's truly are yeah, the essence? sharp teeth in the chest, cancer all in the breast of the beat and the bruise. Feeling like a pawn to the greed of these fools, but i never be the piece of the evil in the womb of these fake fuck niggas with they masks, I presume. I'll be telling if I got a Lord, I swear i resume. I'm a conquest for the key to the chest when my mind slept, And the love in my heart is a cancer. And I spread it through the world as an answer. To the cries of the dead and the banquets. The depressed and the lost and the damned is Preservation of the peace and ideal world. Never lonely when you flow through my mind, girl. I apologize, cause I couldn't see the pain in your damn eyes Cause a nigga made you leave with your heart in between different pains Couldn't see when you ain't cry I guess I of the lost words
3: To feel so close to soon I feel like I'm gone. Gone. the next day
2: I guess you never realized how permanently damaging that is mm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. but um yeah, and so now I'm going to read this clip from the Wikipedia entry on Ioas and despite hating Wikipedia, I do think that um you know, without having to read like half of a book by Crowley or something that it really does a good job of kind of summarizing.
0: No, it's it's good. Yeah.
1: In magic and theory and practice, Iowas is firmly identified by Crowley as the devil, Satan, and Lucifer, whose emblem is Baphomet. This assertion is made while Crowley is discussing, quote, the devil, end quote. After explaining that the devil does not exist, he goes on to clarify his statements by explaining that the devil is in reality a label for the god of any people that one dislikes, and this fact has led so much conf- to so much confusion of thought on the subject that Crowley prefers to let names stand as they are and to proclaim simply that Iowaz, the solar phallic hermetic Lucifer, is his own guardian angel and the devil, Satan, or Hadith, the supreme soul behind Rahor Kuit, the sun, the lord of our particular unit of our starry universe. This serpent, Satan, is not the enemy of man, but he who made gods of our race, knowing good and evil, he bade know thyself and taught initiation. He is the devil of the book of Thoth and his emblem is Baphomet, the androgen who is the hieroglyph of arcane perfection. So Crowley, you know, says that the book of the law, which is the main text from which his religion that he would establish, Thelema, comes from, was dictated by iowas and over the course of his writing um it seems kind of like with each book that he almost let more slip out the bag of who iowas truly was and it ends up in him kind of basically saying like yeah it's uh it's lucifer
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's pretty sus, and it's kind of funny because uh, a, a trend in Thelema for a while has been to uh, people kind of trying to distance themselves from Crowley while still being Thelemites, which is truly bizarre. I don't really know how you can separate the two. I mean, Crowley was, you know, considered himself the prophet of the new Aeon
0: and, you know. I've definitely I mean, met people who do that for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it's really annoying, and, uh, and it goes back to this, uh, you know, I mean, it goes back to, like, uh, like with the Bavarian Illuminati or all these different secret societies. There's kind of, like, an inner sect, and then there's kind of, like, the outer sect, and they get access to different information, you know. So, when we look at someone like Crowley, he took all of this stuff pretty literally, that is something that I've noticed from reading Crowley, because like if you read like more contemporary uh, magicians or occultists or however you want to phrase it, you know a lot of it is more symbolic or something. But with Crowley, it really wasn't symbolic. Like he truly believed to be contacting entities
0: and to take this all in a very literal sense. Yeah, and like I would just say that like Crowley basically. He was very well-versed in when things are literal and when things are metaphorical. He was both a pretty important poet of his day. He also did virtually every, like, iteration of Freemasonry and all, like, all types of magic and interested in lots of religion. So he was, like, really well-versed in, like, when things are metaphorical or literal. And he did maintain that this was literal. So take that as you will
1: yes and uh there's been quite a few poets who not only were close with crowley but you know we're all part of that golden dawn crew back in the back in the day yates uh Mm -hmm. i believe bram stroker wasn't he uh in the golden dawn at one point
0: or at least in the click or something yeah
1: yeah sorry my computer gave me some sort of notification but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh Crowley as uh takes this stuff very literally and so it's very interesting to see Ghostmane reference all of this in uh, his his music and uh, so oh speaking of uh, poets and stuff, uh, the publisher E. E. Cummings um, corrected Crowley on the gematry gematrical value of the word Iowos, um and it's Hebrew spelling and he equated it to the number 93 which is the uh, lost word of Freemasonry so there's probably the last little interesting bit of information that I have about Iowas. but now we can go about talking about the unter- the other entity who Ghost Main mentions in his song Zon. And that would be, obviously, Karan Zan, who is a demon that first appeared in the writings of Edward Kelly and John D., you know, John D. 007, <laughs> real close with the queen. Um, he was, like, the queen's magician, right? Like, he did magic.
0: Yeah, so he was sort of, like, <laughs> back in the old days when, like, he, he was, like, one of the court's learned men. So, like, that entailed everything from, like, the guy who is... Who knows how to read greek and do a little math all the way to like doing astronomy astrology and like actual magic for the court so for sure <laughs>
4: <laughs> All,
3: that you like, right? Fuck give a dang I'm gone Leave it alone
5: Have until I get so close and it all gets blown. Don't play alone Everybody think they know but they all just clone Watchin' alone Till they really wanna give my skull no brand new home But I won't know I don't wanna get no blood if my dream up low What am I so? One finger plane and the other one in for no Messy Yo oh, I can be messing up oh, nice about this and that's about so no they Say if these don't know what they're
6: what the fuck you told? You cannot fuck with a level ten mage. I go. I wake up and I'm on that like I'm John Dee. I'm a black magic book and you a circle round me, bitch. I wake up and I'm on that like I'm not me. I'm a beast. I'm a killer. I'm a young Crowley, bitch. I wake up and like I'm on that i go? I go. I hate everything. I hate everything. We are not the same. I can feel no pain. No I wake up in the morning feeling like I'm Johnny Got my black magic book into a circle
1: Yeah, and uh, another one of the things that he's famous for is creating the Enochian system of magic along with Edward Kelly, or maybe not creating it as much as just like uh, putting it all out there in one place, you know, because they obviously had people Mm -hmm. who they were influenced by. But in Thelema, Karanzen is considered to be the dweller in the abyss, and he is a very, very important figure And Thelema. So he's kind of like the guardian of the abyss. And the great work of uh, an occultist, in the view of Crowley and a lot of other Thelemites, is to cross this abyss. And that's the great work of the magician. And those who are swallowed up by Karanzen is what Crowley would describe as a black brother, Um, basically meaning like a magician who has. Failed from the path and uh, will never be able to reach that kind of like higher level of magus. Um, so Crowley says in his Confessions, which uh, I haven't read all of the Confessions, I've read big portions of it, but if you want to get a better idea of Crowley, it's one of his most forthright writings. And you can really get a, a better idea about both his life and, you know, kind of how he thinks without so much of the pleasantries of his other work (laughs) um but the name of the dweller in the abyss is Karanzin, but he's not really an individual the abyss is empty of being it is filled with all possible forms each equally inane each therefore evil in the only true sense of the word that is meaningless but malignant Insofar as it craves to become real, these forms swirl senselessly into haphazard heaps like dust devils, and each such chance aggregation asserts itself to be an individual and shrieks, I am I, though aware all the time that its elements have no true bond, so that the slightest disturbance dissipates the delusion, just as a horseman, meaning a dust devil, brings it in showers of sands to the earth. And then that's the end of his quote. And he would also say, Um, He talks more about the abyss and Little Essays Towards the Truth. This doctrine is extremely difficult to explain, but it corresponds more or less to the gap in thought between the real, which is ideal, and the unreal, which is actual. In the abyss, all things exist, indeed, at least in posse, but are without any possible meaning, for they lack the substratum of spiritual reality. They are appearances without law. They are thus insane delusions. Now the abyss, being thus the great storehouse of phenomena, is the source of all impressions. And something interesting to uh, note about crossing the abyss, if I'm not wrong, I I don't want to say something that's false, but I believe that many people theorize that the reason that Parsons, Jack Parsons, died, who was a follower of Crowley, he worked at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Um, most of your listeners are probably familiar with jack parsons but is because he became a black brother who basically got swallowed up in the abyss
0: um yeah i mean i think there's several interpretations of what happened to parsons but i would put chalk that up as a major probable cause right Absolutely. And I, I haven't done enough
1: research into it to say definitively whether he was murdered, whether it was an accident, whether, uh, you know, the the demons finally came to take his soul or, or whatever the case may be. But it's, it's certainly interesting. So I just thought that that was something uh, worth mentioning. But there are uh, two methods of entering the abyss, according to Crowley. And one of these is ceremonial magic. And then the other form is, uh, this is just kind of colorful, like Crowley and his character, but uh, uh, receptive sex beneath the desert sun, homosexual receptive sex, I should say. Um, And Crossing the Abyss is considered, yeah, to be the great work of the magician and Philema, and the demon Koronzon is the one who guards this abyss, and those who fail their mission are known as adept... uh, uh, Sorry, those who failed at their mission are dark adepts known as Black Brothers, and those magicians successful in crossing the abyss are given the title Magister Templi or Master of the Temple.
0: All the more so with Crowley, who was both a enthusiastic fan of ceremonial magic and receptive homosexual sex. So
1: absolutely, um, and before we move off of Quranzon and Iowas. Uh, I, this is just an interesting aside, but Carranzan has like a, a symbol that kind of looks like the, the nuclear like sign, like the three triangles, but it's a little bit different. And Major Garland Briggs in Twin Peaks, towards the end of the series, has that on the side of his neck. So I don't know what to make of, make of that, but I just thought that that was an interesting aside that some people might be interested in hearing.
0: Well, I mean, when you look at uh, things like Twin Peaks Season 3, I think it was that episode about the nuclear blast, let's just say, I I think, I I guess it's probably Frost who wrote it, but like, Frost and Lynch definitely have what I would call a magical worldview. Oh, absolutely. And of course, there's lots of entities and things, so...
1: Well, and there's, like, things like, I mean, while we're on the subject of Crowley, um, his novel Moonchild is, like, something that I definitely think played a role kind of in informing the Twin Peaks universe, and and Mark Frost, the Mark Frost book, where he's kind of talking about the Twin Peaks universe, it mentions Crowley more than once, and Lynch is real interested in transcendental meditation, and there's, you know, a cult uh, themes and kind of some slight mk ultra themes like in lost highways and some of his
0: other movies um oh yeah and like you you can tell that they're well versed in like kenneth grant stuff too with like the like the lodge the different lodges and like the mob zone like there's they they really know a lot of this stuff. So
1: absolutely, well, and I think like if you're someone who's as interested in transcendental meditation and some of the different practices that Lynch is very openly um, involved with and uh, very into, it's probably not that long before you're going to start stumbling into people like Crowley and Kenneth Grant who kind of infuse some like Eastern mystic ideas with Western occultism. You know, so it's kind of like inevitable if you get really into that world that you'll probably stumble upon some of those figures not to completely invalidate you know eastern beliefs or eastern mysticism just to say that um those two kind of go hand in hand to a certain extent
0: yeah and i would also just add obviously that like a lot of what we i say we i mean culturally we as westerners know about eastern spiritual practices is almost like a reifying self-selecting of the like the weird shit and like the most potent like <laughs> like esoteric occult stuff that gets recycled and brought to like act as if it's like you know representative of the whole culture so like we see that with India where like the average Indian isn't necessarily following like Krishnamurti and like you know so, like, there is, like, this weird selection bias, I think, sometimes. And, like, you know, like, average Islam isn't necessarily uh, Idris Shah's weird Sufi beliefs, right? Like, and on and on and on. so
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, I think something that occultists are pretty open about is, uh, and I think part of the allure to a lot of people getting into occult is kind of, like, it's a pick and choose and create your own religion. And Mm -hmm. these are the gods that I worship and that I choose to include. So it's kind of inevitable. Like if that's the type of view that you, um, the kind of perception that you have when you look at these different religious traditions, that you're just going to pick and choose whatever it is that, you know, conforms to your will or however someone uh, like Crowley or Ghostman or however would like to, to put it. But anyhow, so that's,
0: do what thou wilt, right? Do what thou Absolutely.
1: wilt. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole of the law, man. Um <laughs> yeah, so that's most of what I have on Ghost Main. But one thing that while we're still on Ghost Main, and before we move away from him and onto somebody else, that I think is just worth mentioning is that Ghost Main is now engaged to Poppy uh the the pop star and uh she's very interesting for any of your listeners who are familiar with her um they'll know what i'm talking about but for those who aren't familiar she's kind of like this cutesy little petite blonde girl who sings in this cutesy voice and then it'll like cut to like death metal type instrumentals talking about like violence and occult type themes and stuff like that. And she has a litany of YouTube videos on her channel that are truly bizarre and kind of unnerving to watch, where it does these subtle references to like kind of like MK Ultra type stuff and the occult. She does in one of her big music videos, she's posing like Baphomet. Um, and the Elphi levy rendition of Baphomet that is probably what most people think of when they hear of Baphomet with the, you know the index and middle finger together, one pointing up, one pointing down, as above, so below. And so her and Ghostmane really are quite the couple for each other. Kind of seems like they're perfect. But prior to her getting with Ghostmane, she had this really creepy manager, this guy named Titan Sinclair and um there's been not like rape allegations or anything like that but like allegations of being manipulative i think he threatened to commit suicide to get his way with her and that he like kind of groomed her to become this poppy character and before poppy had ever came into this titan sinclair's guy's life he already had had a girl who he kind of tried to do this with but ended up failing and so it's it's a whole weird story. I wish I would have left myself some more notes to where I could uh, properly talk about it. But it's certainly interesting uh, connection that Ghost Main has. That's kind of adjacent to what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, no, I remember when Poppy was popping off, I guess you could say. And like, it was like, whoa, look at this trippy pop star. What's the mystery? And like, I sort of stopped paying attention. But like like i remember when that was happening and um yeah it's like intentionally leaning into the mk ultra shit like that's not good and i would say maybe down the road we should try to tackle poppy or i know that we've talked about doing a little peep episode later so maybe you know eventually you can come back because i think that this is all some good shit
1: yeah i saw someone uh on a tweet that you put out not not too long ago say something that like someone needs to do the strange scenes inside the canyon equivalent for soundcloud rappers and the more that i research into this the more that i really do think that that's a great idea and that there probably is a whole book worth of fascinating stuff that one could dig up about these people
0: oh yeah because like with Ghostman, i mean you did a great job but like i feel like there's more and we just don't have or it's not out there like we don't have access to his life we don't really know what he does like we don't know where he came from that much right and i feel like the story is yet to be written on ghost and poppy as well so i'm with you there
1: absolutely and like there's so many things that i wish that i could know because like the uh Ordo Templi Orientis, for instance, the OTO doesn't like put out their members out there for the public to consume. But I'd love to see if uh, like Ghost and Poppy and this Titan Sinclair guy and some of these other, you know, folks Mm -hmm. like, you know, have any connections to to groups like that and stuff. Because, I mean, it's pretty obvious through the media that they put out that they have more than just a passing interest in the occult. And I mean, someone like Ghost you know. Uh, bitch, I am a thelamite. I mean, that's his, his own words, you know, so it's not really open for debate. But no, it's mm-hmm. certainly interesting. And I agree that I uh, don't believe that this is the final word on anything at all. In fact, I kind of hope that this podcast maybe encourages some people to go look into these people deeper for themselves, because I truly do think that there is a lot to find there
0: absolutely
1: but anyways that's all that i've got for ghost main just about so if you want we can go ahead and move on to trippy red or whoever else we want to talk about
0: yeah i think trippy red would be a good one um to get into
1: so now i guess we can just get into trippy red and maybe we should have talked about him first because i forgot that he's not a florida rapper like most the other people we're going to talk about he comes from ohio um and this is going to, uh, this isn't as schizophrenic as a reference as it's going to sound, because this is going to come into play later, but that's also the birthplace of Charles Manson. Um, And then Manson would go on to live in Topanga for a
0: spell. This is where Manson would be. Can I just interject with Ohio? Like I'm not trying, like I know it's sort of like one of those schizophrenic things where if you zoom in too much on anything, you start to see patterns, but like, There's like a lot of interesting stuff with Ohio because there's obviously the Manson stuff. Trippy Red is from there, which is like, I wouldn't say like a normal place for rappers to come from for the most part. Would you agree?
1: Oh, I'd absolutely agree.
0: And then I noticed two things. So I didn't write it down, but like Wu-Tang Clan actually relocated in Ohio, like, or at least several of them did. And I I already talked about how like, Uh, I think their manager is like for sure like on court documents as like a confidential informant and like works with the police Um, you could intuit that like the Wu-Tang Clan does as well and then uh, not to get jumping ahead with you know Tentacion, but in the Jocelyn Flores saga which we will tell the whole story of she was actually said to be dating an Ohio-based rapper named Chapo, but, like, it's, the A was an X, so I, I'm assuming it's Chopo. And Jocelyn Flores was from Ohio. So, like, there's, like, just an interesting thing with, like, Ohio. I'm, I'm, I, like, I haven't really been able to piece together what's going on there and, like, why there are these connections, but, like, there's something, and I'm, like, It's on my radar, so sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, and like there's some other states like uh, Kentucky and and some others that I would say kind of like have a real history of uh, just kind of strange going ons happening in that state. I just recently uh, started reading the first edition of the Sinister Forces series by Peter Lavenda, which kind of, you know goes into, like, the mounds and the possibility of, you know, who knows, may, may, maybe we've upset the uh, the ancient
0: Native American <laughs> spirits or or something, and, and we're all cursed. I guess I would also add that, like, Kentucky and Ohio both have, like, a large amount of poor people that can be manipulated. I mean, like, there's, like, both spiritual and, like, economic-based reasons for why certain weird things you know, pop up in certain places. So absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so both trippy red and Manson were born in Ohio. Manson lived in uh Topanga for a spell. And this is where he'd meet Dennis Wilson of the beach boys and Neil Young, as well as a litany of other uh, famous celebrities. And, you know, this is the program to chill podcast. So I'm pretty sure most <laughs> people here are familiar with Dave McGowan. um, mm-hmm. So, a lot of them are already going to be in the know about a lot of that. But also, it was in Topanga where uh, the Buddhist music teacher that the Manson family killed, Gary Hinman, um, was murdered. And Trippy Red came up with this song and an accompanying mu- music video called Topanga. And let's just say, like, the PTK vibes in it are off the charts. Off the charts. Off the charts. Like, every once in a while, I have to question, like, are they doing this to me? Are they trying to make me schizophrenic and, like, totally break from reality by doing this kind of thing? Because it's almost hard to believe that this is, like, not intentionally trying to rile somebody like me up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I've joked about how, like, it seems like sometimes they're specifically trying to give Vigilant Citizen a heart attack. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: you you sent me the topanga one because like i know trippy red or like i've like listened to him but i don't like follow his career so i didn't know that that song came out and when you sent it to me i was like holy shit like it's so insane
1: yeah i learned about it doing research for the video and i don't you know want to cast shade on on many of the artists but if i had to probably pick one from all the people we're going to cover today who i just like Can't stand their music. If I'm being honest, it probably would be Trippy Red. So, um, (laughs) but, anyways, yeah, this Topanga video is absolutely bonkers. So, in the video, Trippy has like this host of this gaggle of young women who are following him, um, much like Manson, and they are all dressed kind of like flower children hippie-esque and trippy is the leader of this group and they go on bus rides where they're all singing together which is obviously a reference to the manson family and this is where it gets really creepy but it's complete with not just an occult ritual which has existed in many uh rap music videos but this is really what like sends the ptk vibes off the charts is uh that they all drop acid before conducting this ritual with, like, snakes and occult symbols on the ground, and there's, like... uh, Pentagram. Yeah, pentagram, and something else is that all of Trippy Red's followers um, are... They, like, kind of, like, get possessed in the video and start writhing and whatnot, and then it, like, cuts to them having... Their eyes closed and they have these black symbols painted on top of their eyes. And to me, what the black rays painted on their eyes really look similar to is the chaos sigil and black magic. Or possibly it's a reference to, you know, Saturn or, or, or something like that. And But
0: also, like, we know that also Nazis are infatuated with the black star. Like, yeah, and not true. to I say think of that. trippy trippy red's and nazi i'm not saying that but like there is a cross pollination with these symbols is all i'm getting at
1: absolutely absolutely and i mean i think that it'd be very difficult to try and argue that the nazis didn't have like a very esoteric um occult influence in their beliefs and especially in their and their symbols and whatnot something that i thought was interesting about this trippy red music video is um that he can be seen wearing along with his followers a crown of candles and this comes from a tradition called saint lucy's day which is celebrated in certain parts of europe and scandinavian areas to this day and i've got some notes on this saint lucy's day which also it's interesting to note lucy lucifer lucy in the sky with diamonds like Lil uzi Lil uzi yeah it's uh certainly an interesting uh series of letters that one could draw a whole lot of meetings out of if they were so Clyde. but um this is a little bit lengthy but um i might just go ahead and read some of the notes on what St. Lucie's Day is and where it comes from because I think it gives context to the video and also something that I just think is um, Really interesting about this is like I personally hadn't heard of St. Lucy's Day before looking into this and it's uh, Just very interesting for someone like trippy red to incorporate this into his music video because it's kind of like an obscure thing and so to me that denotes some deeper interest than just you know this is all aesthetic um yeah no i would agree
0: like what you found here was really good shit and like i would just say like with all of these rappers most of whom are like independent which That's like such a complicated thing nowadays, but like I would say that a lot of rappers, especially in this scene have a greater degree of creative freedom than before. So the idea that this was actually his idea is like more likely than say a major record label rapper. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So I'll go ahead and I'll read this. This comes from um, a website called ancient pages and the post is called why we celebrate lucy saint lucy's day and so this is just kind of like a a general background and then i'll read uh something else that will um maybe give us some deeper insight to what's like actually going on with the origins of this holiday but um anyhow known as saint lucia of syracuse the woman was honored in the middle ages and remained a well-known saint in early modern england According to legend, she brought food and aid to Christians hiding in the catacombs using a candlelit wreath to light her way and leave her hands free to carry as much food as possible. In addition, she helped her fellow Catholics hiding in the dark underground catacombs who were at risk of suffering persecution. St. Lucy was also known for her beautiful eyes. It was said that her eyes radiated her love of Christ. However, her mother, who feared for Lucy's future, arranged a marriage to a young man of a wealthy pagan family. Lucy's mother suffered from a bleeding disorder, and her condition made Lucy deeply worried. One night, while dreaming, Lucy saw St. Agatha, who had been ma- martyred 52 years de- fifty-two years during the Decian prosecution. The saint told Lucy that because of her faith in God, her mother would be cured, and that Lucy would be the glory of Syracuse, as she was of Catan catania sorry for butchering some of these words um anyhow with her mother cured lucy took the opportunity to persuade her mother to allow her to distribute a great part of her riches among the poor when the governor of syracuse learned the jewelry had been given away to the poor he became furious the governor sentenced her to forced prostitution but when guards went to fetch her they could not move her when they hitched her to a team of oxen the governor ordered her killed instead after torture that included having her eyes torn out, she was surrounded by bundles of wood which were set afire. They went out. She prophesied against her persecutors and was executed by being stabbed to death with a dagger. Her name is listed in the prayer Nobis Quoqui Peccatoribus in the Canon of the Mass. Legend says her eyesight was restored before her death That was the reason she became the patron saint for people who are blind and suffer eye disorders. So that was a little bit of a long thing to read, but I think that it gives some good background into St. Lucy's Day and where the idea behind, uh, kind of the mythology of it. And now, if you don't mind, I might read something that comes from, (laughs) I think it's an evangelical Christian website, but the name of the article is Saint Lucia, Saint Lucy's Day, a pagan festival in Catholic garb. (laughs) Yeah. Saint Lucia, from the Latin Lux, meaning light, is a Christianized pagan fertility festival of lights created by the Roman Catholic Church in the sixteenth century that takes place at the winter solstice and was observed anciently in honor of the young maiden goddess, thus identifying her as either one of the triad of demonesses known as hectate or the daughter of Hecate and Helios. The festival plays a prominent role leading up to the celebration of Christmas in the Lutheran secular culture of Sweden, and the Swedish-speaking population of Finland. It is also observed in Lutheran Norway, Denmark, Iceland, Latvia, and Estonia, and Catholic Malta, Italy, Bavaria, Croatia, and Slovakia, though to a lesser degree. In those parts of the USA where there are where there are those of scandinavian ancestry it is known as saint lucy's day the festival was observed in pagan europe long before the arrival of christianity lucy or lucia or lucy who was originally known was an evil female being like a demon or witch known as lucia di Dunkel. she would ride through the air with her followers the luciferda between lucinata or lucy night and yule trolls Evil spirits and the spirits of the dead were thought to be particularly active, so people stayed indoors. It was believed that Lucy would, could come down through chimneys like Santa Claus and steal children away to punish households. So the spirits had to be placated with offerings to prevent this happening. Because of this fear, Lucevecca was observed, staying awake all night to protect oneself from supposed attacks. Today, this is carried over in partying all night until daybreak. Another theory which is probably the truer of of the two is that Santa Lucia observation evolved from old Swedish traditions of star boys, white-dressed angels singing Christmas carols at different events during Advent and Christmas. In modern Sweden, there are also tome tenniser, boys carrying lanterns, and some are dressed as gingerbread men. High school students party throughout the night and at university formal dinner parties are held before they go home to their families at Christmas. The tradition of a white-dressed girl with candles in her hair can be more definitively traced to Lake Vernon of the late 1700s, which then can spread slowly to other parts of the country in the 1800s. Whatever the truth, clearly many traditional streams have streams have converged and merged that harken back originally to Sweden's dark pagan Viking past and to Hecatic mother goddess worship. One thing is clear. It is nothing, it is nothing true. Bible believing Christian messianics should have anything to do with, however colorful and bright the festival may be, with its hauntingly beautiful siren like Santa Lucia hymn and children dressed up to look at angels. Finally, observe the magic wand carried by the boys. Wands being occult symbols of power. Scepters of the goddess Circe, the goddess of magic, from which we get our English word church. The daughter of Helios, the son, and of Hectate. The boys follow the goddess Hecate, Santa Lucia, and the matriarchal occult order. So those were kind of long readings, and hopefully people were able to follow, despite me uh, butchering some of these words, but I do think that it adds an interesting context into the video and it makes sense of what happens with his followers' eyes and and what have you. And I would encourage your listeners if they're interested in it at all to go watch the video. I mean, I think the song's trash if I'm being honest, but like if you just want to give yourself an aneurysm, it's uh <laughs> it's certainly worth a watch.
0: Yeah, no, can I just say like I think I'm still sort of starting to look into this topic in terms of like Hecate, I think is how Walter Bosley, uh but like Walter Bosley, who is an interesting guy himself, has written a lot about how he, I think, asserts that there is a cult in the United States, like a hidden cult that worships Hecate, or, you know, you can say it a couple ways. And it's basically like a Luciferian kind of like not quite christian like sort of satan worship that is sort of oriented around like nordic norse you know mythology basically and it's exactly what you were saying and i'm thinking about interviews that i've listened to with him where he's talking about that and i'm just like oh no (laughs) yeah yeah no it's certainly
1: this like Interesting combination that you really wouldn't expect to find, which is like, uh, m- like a midsummer <laughs> type world view mm-hmm. combined with uh, Christianity to create this like kind of weird, uh, very heavily paganized version of, of Christianity. So I thought that was interesting, and I thought that it was an interesting thing for Trippy Red to reference in the music video, and it makes me wonder what's going on. I mean, I guess that there's kind of like. Two ways to look at it is either that, you know, he's making fun of St. Lucy as a way of like poking fun at Christianity or that he's kind of like more in tune with the pagan aspects of this tradition and that that holds his interest for some reason. But anyways, uh, it definitely seems like something that was intentional. I mean, I've never seen anybody wear a crown of candles or,, um, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, I think there could definitely be both side by side, right? Because the like something like a black mass is nothing, if not mocking, and also being its own thing. So for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, something that I think is like very interesting about all this occult stuff is that, um, ultimately, it's always kind of been defined in its opposition to already existing monotheistic religions. like specifically, Christianity in my opinion is it seems mm-hmm. like I mean you look at someone like Crowley he grew up in the Plymouth Brethren he was uh, mm-hmm. raised in kind of a fundamentalist environment and he never really defined himself outside of a, a Christianity he kind of just like went from you know he just decided to be the opposite of what his family was but he was very much still defining himself and that kind of, like, Christian binary between, like, God and the devil, good and evil, I mean, when he was, like, a young man, he, like, wanted to sin as much as possible, and throughout his whole life, he was, like, trying to dream up of what the ultimate sin would be, so that way he could commit it, I mean, kind of, like, silly, almost a childlike way of viewing this stuff for someone who was uh, as intelligent as he was, but, yeah, with a lot of these occult people and uh, the satanic symbolism, it's, very interesting to me how they have so much contempt for the established monotheistic religions, yet they never really try to define themselves outside of it.
0: Yeah. And like I think about in thinking about Trippy Red, like wasn't he like kinda close to six nine, but then he like accused six nine of being like an actual pedophile? I thought I saw something like that.
1: You know, I honestly don't know much about that, so I don't want to speak out of pocket, but it sounds more than believable. I mean, that's like, you know, Tuesday
0: for SoundCloud rappers is <laughs> something like that. I feel like people sort of know about a certain incident with 6ix9ine, um, but I think Trippy Red was like referring to other things too, so like. And like Trippy Red cited that as a reason to break with 6 9 which is, you know, fair. But like, I don't know. It just sort of shows the awful milieu that sometimes <laughs> these people find themselves in. You had uh, another connection that Trippy Red had as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll just go into that right now because I kind of almost want to call out Trippy Red. So hopefully he doesn't send any shooters my way. um but um he got um so if you ever accuse trippy red which first of all he has like six 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 tattooed on his eyelids upside down crosses tattooed on his face he's talking about the devil and putting six 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 in his music all the time and then like if you go like trippy reds you know worships the devil or whatever he'll have a hissy fit online which is pretty (laughs) funny too. um Because, I mean, even if I were to, you know, be in uh, his position and I was deciding to put satanic stuff just like for like aesthetic spooky reasons into my music, I I don't think I would be mad when some sort of confusion
0: arose.
1: You know what I mean? It's like,
0: yeah, no, like, I feel like Michael Aquino was like, similarly bitchy about it. And it's like, you are literally (laughs) running a satanic church, like, calm down.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also quit getting, like, you're an intelligence officer who runs a satanic church, and kids keep on saying really, really suss things about you. It's like, there's only so mad that you that you can get. This doesn't happen to, to normal people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um,
0: witch hunts don't <laughs> typically happen to non-witches.
1: Yeah, I, I firmly agree with that, as I imagine most of the Program to Chill listeners probably agree with that. Um, but yeah, so where Trippy Red claims to get a lot of this satanic symbolism and uh, these ostensibly satanic ideas, even though he'd maybe have some sort of quabble with that, is from this rapper called Saw Baby, who I had never heard of Saw Baby before listening to this, but um, I think he's real famous for this song uh, that I believe is called Pull Up with the Stick.
7: Couple cabos and a hundred fuckin' duns Call up slaughter gang, you get your shit part Drank up with a drum, this bitch ain't never go star Be on that night war shit, slaughter gang shit Green stole shit, it's the mall bitch You got more ties, you just saw an ID Pull up with a stick, any pussy get hit Pull up with a stick, let it hit Pull up with a stick, let it hit Pull up with a stick, let it hit up with shit, let it hit. I put this on the team. I'ma in, in life, no begin. Fuck a friend. Bitch, I with them all. You can't get in. We can medicine. Feel my niggas in the pin. Free on murder, my whole shit, bitch, things, getting killed. Bitch. How she was dancing on the deep. That's the clip. When go shoot up in the air, you gettin' hit. Just GF, we ain't clicking over shit. <laughs> Got that whoop screaming, woah woah whoa. whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. My verse is T, and we ain't gon' fo, oh, Hey, oh. you know we been having shit. All of these niggas average. Swallow my dick, do like a bridge. Do 2500, no at the risk. So many glue strips. My pocket look like a grill. Throw that peasants. Fuck nigga, half it. Oh, I'm, mobbin'. Oh, I'm mobbin'. You starving. You seek you them. To the mall With a couple cabos and a hundred fucking dimes Call up Slaughter Gang, you get your shit part Draco with a drum, this bitch ain't never go start. We on that night war shit Slaughter Gang shit Bring stole shit It's the mall, bitch You got mall ties, you just saw an ID Pull up with a stick, any pussy hit. Pull up with a stick Let it hit Pull up with a stick Let it hit The stick. Let it hit, pull up with the stick, let it hit I put this on the team. I'ma in, it lies no beginning Fuck my friends, bitch I'm with them all,
8: you can't get in We can committed to see if they're my niggas in the pen mall shit, perk game, that my gang. Loaded family, nigga, ain't no way I'm changing Get the commas, get the cash do the numbers I've been grinding all summer Getting that long crap. Crack, crack. Pull up, we the shit Give me that Pull up, we let that shit down And know we ain't base bitch Oh, yeah Pulling your hood with the rhymes My wrist is on the team, on the team. I'm in that Benz I let her get in, her get in. Her and you Lose so a loader coming straight out the door. Lose so a loader coming straight out the door. Low so loader get it check on the third. Lose so a loader get it check on the first. <laughs> crying paid, did it like it I chose. I saw the game niggas straight up in gold. Hellcat, yeah, came with the key. Base loaded, nigga, I'm on my shit. Burning rubber on the road with the shit. Pull up with the stick and I let it hit. I pull up with the stick and I let it hit. I pull up with the stick and I let it hit. Lose a loader. Below
7: with the stick. Let it hit. Below with the stick. Let it hit. Pull up with the stick, let it hit Pull up with the stick, let it hit I put this on the team, I'ma end In life, no beginning Fuck a friend, bitch on with them all You can't get in, we can barely see it For my niggas in
3: the team. we
1: That was the one where I mentioned earlier that uh, the music video made for it ended up, you know, Saw Baby through this music video kind of unintentionally snitched on, like, all his close homeboys. Um, So that's a... But it was, yeah, Saw Baby who came up with this idea called unknownism, um, this philosophy that he's came up with, and it's sign is an upside down cross surrounded by a s- series of three sixes so six, six 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 which seems to be pretty openly satanic but what's interesting about this is he says that it really has nothing to do with saying and here's a quote of his six 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 that's six protons six electrons six neutrons that equals carbon 12. carbon helps make melanin so that's the scientific makeup of people of the same skin color as me, which I don't know if anyone's informed him that white people and Asian people and all people uh, have carbon in them. And I don't know if there's anything to where carbon like actually helps produce melanin. i going to have to call Plus, the science like, into obviously- question
0: like melanin is in every human obviously as well like i don't know
1: yeah 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 so i guess that this all kind of comes down to his statement that carbon helps make melanin but i, I, I don't think that that's necessarily true but i'm i'm not a scientist or or anything like that but anyways it's certainly interesting and so saw baby and uh trippy red and i think uh saw baby has claimed that he influenced lil uzi vert which to your listeners who don't already know say that one slow a couple of times um <laughs> but uh yeah so it's, it's this kind of weird thing where they use very open satanic imagery and you know talk about the devil and you know will like have like ritualistic things happening in their music videos but then they're like this is black empowerment and if you have you know questioned that at all well how dare you um which is certainly kind of interesting but I started digging deeper into unknownism trying to figure out about it and then I found this really interesting clip from a uni- interview with saw baby on YouTube and when he's asked about where he received this knowledge um from the host of the radio show he said that it came from his high-level freemason uncle so nice (laughs) yeah yeah um and yeah trippy red said something similar to like this whole idea about this all being about black affirmation which is a now, why I say TR666, and that's the name of one of his songs for people who aren't aware, because Trippy Red is black, but Trippy Red is also dark. I make dark music, but I'm black, so I use it as a metaphor. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, it's certainly interesting, and uh, I don't know if that's something that the black community uh for the most part would necessarily agree with and i doubt that most of them really want to adopt satanic symbolism as an affirmation of you know uh black identity or something like that because black people tend to be a pretty religious group of people yeah oh i was just gonna say that like i mean i think that it's been a long uh, saw a thing that's been going on for a long time inside of rap where there's lots of uh you know black people who grow up inside the church and stuff like that and they see you know whether it was back in the day when it was triple six mafia or if it's today with people like um lil uzi vert or what's the one who just made the satanic shoe with nike and he twerks on the devil
0: oh lil nas x
1: yeah lil nas x lil nas x um you know so i think that 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 this has kind of been like a constant problem um for some people in the black community where they don't really feel represented by these things and they actually find it to be rather offensive
0: yeah no i would add to that like i was probably going to bring it up with the xxx uh portion but i remember a while back that migos uh i want to say around 2017 or something migos was beefing not super seriously but like they were, like, sniping at each other, like, you know, with words, uh, with Lil Uzi and with X. And a couple other people were in the mix. But, like, I think that there were a couple different reasons why they were arguing and fighting. But, like, Migos was basically, like, not down with all the satanic shit that Lil Uzi and Trippy Red and, like, X were playing around with. Whereas Migos, well, I, I mean... I, I haven't seen anything satanic in any of their music. And so they were just like, I think Migos was like saying they were going to pray for them. And then for Lil Uzi, because of course yeah. they did the song together. Um, but then I remember there was like a time when I think Migos was like trying to like beat up X. So like there was like a whole thing. I don't think it was that serious, you know, but yeah. like they were definitely arguing over this Satan shit you know in the scene right
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean i've also seen you know a trend among certain rappers where they'll be you know really heavily into the uh dark themes and stuff like maybe someone like uh before he just recently passed away dmx you know he was real into the talking about satan and violence and all that bad stuff and then like his last music was you know like he had became a christian and like you know was into that so there's also kind of like this like pipeline of like people who are in the rap scene who like when they're young they're into all this satanic imagery and then it seems like when they grow up like they kind of switched a different way um so yeah there's kind of been this like whole debate i think for a long time inside the rap community about uh some of the satanic symbolism that,
0: that's going on yeah, and I would just say a uh, shout-out, of course, to Subliminal Jihad. They did a really cool episode on uh, Memphis Rep, and I think they talked about Saw Baby, too. So, like, uh, check they them out. They did mention him in that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. listened to that recently, uh, both just because I love
1: Subliminal Jihad, but it also seemed like it pertained to this topic somewhat, too, and I saw that they had it, and I was, uh, I listened to it, and it's a good podcast. So anybody who wants to learn... More about that and you know like stuff like memphis rap sigils and and all that fun stuff it's it's pretty interesting
0: yeah like i would i don't want to step on that show but like i feel like there's still more like i'm not saying they didn't do a good job it's a really good episode but like with what i was able to what we were able to find here i'm just like there has to be more with three six mafia man i don't know like not to you know disparage Absolutely. them because they are amazing artists but
1: yeah well like i don't want to disparage ourselves right now but i mean i think that there's a whole lot more to the stuff that we're going to talk about and then it's one of the things when researching it that's been the craziest is i feel like this is a subject that's like so ripe for people who are into this kind of realm of studying parapolitics and how the occult relates to all of this stuff uh that hasn't really been like given a very serious treatment, even though there's like such a plethora of information once you find finally start digging for it.
0: And I would say, like, I can't recall exactly what it was, but on the Subliminal Jihad episode, they talked about certain rappers who seem to like reference in a veiled way that oftentimes the cost of music success in the industry is to basically get like punked or abused sexually by people like there's like a lot of artists who have made reference to that and talked about sometimes their careers being held back by by not doing it or sometimes referencing that they did participate or like this or that do you remember what they were saying about that um not in in particular, but,
1: yeah, there, there most certainly, I think, is a lot of that that going on. And, uh, like, I think, like, once we get to the extentation stuff in a little bit, which I think people mm-hmm. are going to find really interesting, um, that idea is going to come back into play. And when we look at other fields, blackmail is a very common and powerful tool that people at the top use to control others And, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen that with like stuff like Epstein and then you go back and you look, you know, I mean, there was like the Franklin scandal. I mean, there was all these different things where blackmail was being gathered and collected on people to, to use against them. And given, uh, the lifestyle choices of a lot of these rappers and all the other things there, uh, have been involved in, whether that be murder, rape robbery or whatever. I wouldn't put it past a lot of these guys to, you know, be interested in blackmail. Uh
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
3: Hey.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 Hey. Hey keep my dick in my pants, ayy My bitch don't love me no more, ayy She kicked me out on life, bro, ayy don't wanna be friends, ayy. I give her this she I meant. Ayy She put her 10 on my dick, ayy. Look at my wrist about 10, Ayy Just got a pound at the booth, ayy. Buy that shit straight to the booth. Ayy Tell me my health is a fool. ayy. She said one for a bitch. I do. Ayy you put a gun on my mess, ayy. I put a hole in your parents, ayy. I just got lean on my two I got a Uzi, no Uzi, Fuck on me, ayy. look at me, ayy. Fuck on me, yeah. Look at me, ayy. look at me, look at me, yeah. Fuck on me, yeah. Fuck on me, look at me, fuck on me, yeah, look at me, fuck on me, yeah. Hey. Tell you fuck nigga, for me up, pipe up. Hey, shouts out Benzina Hey. Little bitch got a throat, fuck. I like to rock out on this fit. My emo bitch like a wrist slit. Curling her bitch like I'm pork bitch. Got like three bitches, I'm more, man. Skid on your man, bitch, four. Hey, don't watch your pussy, just want Hey, look at me, fuck on me. Look at me, fuck on me. Look at me, fuck on me. Look at me, yeah, hey. Look at me, fuck on me. Look at
3: me, fuck on me. Look at me.
0: going to talk now about xxx tentación which maybe we should just address so how how do you say his name i thought that i was saying it right or i don't know i've heard you the way you say it is also i don't like i never really figured it out you know what i'll be honest for as much
1: as i've researched x i don't i don't really know and i've heard people say it both both ways so it's probably tentación like you're saying because um i mean just before we go into anything else maybe we ought to talk about his name um so tentacion is the spanish word for temptation Mm -hmm. and in uh pythagorean numerology x equals six so i guess a possible reading of the name could be six 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 temptation and so uh so, yeah, I think that Tentacion is probably the proper pronunciation. I think that I'm just in a bad habit.
0: Uh, and for Ease, a lot of people just call him X, which I'm probably going to default to because, he has. it's such an awful name. When I first saw that on SoundCloud <laughs> years ago, I was just like, that's the worst name I could possibly imagine. And like tons of people told him that and he was like, I don't care. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which
0: maybe that just lends more credence
1: to the idea that it has some sort of importance to to him and that there is some sort of meaning to the name, but
0: who knows? It definitely also evokes pornography, which is a larger presence in his life than I think most people realize. So we'll get to that, too. Um... I would just say up front, though, because we're going to basically go through his life chrono- like chronologically, because he died when he was 20. It's not going to take that long. But I'll just say up front, like, I wouldn't call myself a fan, and I wouldn't call myself like someone who moralistically refuses to listen to him either. I would just say this. I think personally... I respect people who choose not to listen to him based off of his crimes. Uh, but at the same time, I have my doubts about people who only do that for black artists, right? Like, I understand yeah. not listening to R. Kelly, but, like, maybe you should try to do that for, like, Iggy Pop, you know, like, David Bowie, like, long long Roman list.
1: Polanski. <laughs> Gar- Gary yeah.
0: Glitter, like oh yeah 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 so like that's my whole thing it's like i'm not against holding all artists to a higher standard but when it only ends up being just black artists like i have my doubts and then like what x did was horrifying but i get why someone like you know kendrick lamar would like be like no i don't think we should like completely throw like throw this person away for the rest of their life. Not saying that we should embrace him and his music, but like, there's a tension there that I think there's like, nuance, and I don't know how to navigate it. We're not really going to dwell on that. But we're certainly not going to ignore his crimes either. So that's what I will say.
1: Yeah, I think that that's fair. And uh, I'd also say that there's kind of like, different levels to kind of engage with with media like that whether it would be mm-hmm. watching like Rosemary's Baby or listening to X where you know you could just like be a fanboy or a fangirl for them and uh you know an apologist or you can kind of like try to find the deeper meaning and try to get a read on it and you know what their art means for someone who was involved with the things that they were involved with or or something. And that's how I try to engage with, you know, whether it be a musician or a director or any kind of artist, too, as um, a personality like X is.
0: Yeah. And I certainly think that studying his life, man, there is so much. So, like, let's just get into it. So, right off the bat, I think in what is what I would call like almost like two on the nose, basically, okay, so. X's name was Jose Dwayne Ricardo Onfroy, right? And he was actually born with a heart defect. He had a hole in his heart. Basically, it was like in between ventricles. It was, It's kind of a common, like, problem, and it heals up, but it's one thing that caused him to be kind of short. Like, for instance, I think he was, like, oh, he was pretty short. I don't know exactly where, but, like just, like, a hole in his heart that, like, that's such a, like, ridiculously good metaphor for him because, like, everyone talked about how loving he was, but he also had this massive, like, abusive streak, too, so, like, it's hard to deny that he had, like, this, you know, dual thing, so that's just a potent metaphor, I guess I'd say, and then, go ahead. Oh, I I was just
1: gonna say, uh, I don't know if you happen to see it, but Jocelyn Flores used to do artwork and there's this uh, piece that she did, which is a nude woman who has like a hole in her chest, like exposing her heart or something. So I don't know, just kind of like something like interesting that who knows, maybe it's some sort of reference to to something like that, Mm. but anyhow.
0: Yeah, so... X's family, they were Jamaican and they settled in Florida. Um, interestingly, both X's father and grandfather were Rastafarians, which is just notable um, showing you know an interest in I guess alternate spirituality, right. Now X's dad was in his life for the first 10 years of his life, but he was actually busted uh, on a marijuana by by the DEA in Maricopa County which is interesting right that's like where Sheriff Joe Arpaio is and as you might expect it was like entrapment like obviously he was going to buy marijuana but like you know it's always a quasi um like it's a gray morality with some of that stuff but like So X's dad was basically, he got like a pretty hefty sentence, I want to say over 10 years or something. And so I just find that notable that it intersects with something like this. And then, so X, he basically grew up, he was born in Plantation, Florida. He grew up in like Broward County, which is sort of like around Miami, but not quite like in Miami, I guess Lauderhill Hill is where he mostly grew up. So it's interesting because X referred to in a, in a veiled way. He discussed early traumas in his childhood. Like he saw his uncle kill himself. And then he also referred to abuse at the hands of an unnamed adult. In 2017, he wrote an Instagram story saying that like, he basically alluded to being sexually abused and said that eventually he will tell his story, but just be patient and respectful with me in the meantime. So not that this really, you know, just he grew up hard, basically, is what I think we can take from this. And to that end, I mean, his dad was out of the picture after he was 10. His mom was quite young when she had him. So like he started to like, I guess he would characterize it as go bad around middle school. And he started like doing crimes. Like I think they were doing robbery. Um, I think they were doing drugs. And then he got sent to Juvie. And it was in Juvie, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke. Did he meet Ski Mask in Juvie or did he technically meet him before? I don't remember.
1: So, I, I think that they met in juvie. I, I'm not going to say definitively, but it, it is something that I've heard. And I didn't hear it from, like, Ski Mask or anything like that, but it's something that I've seen referenced in a couple of the articles that I read when digging into it. So, I do
0: believe that um, that's the case. I think they were in juvie together, at least, because they, yeah, because of how they were talking. Um. So he went to juvie for some pretty serious crimes, Um, but actually before he even went to juvie, he was trying to make music with some friends in school, and one of his friends was actually, uh, later became a practicing uh, Raj Nishi, which is actually, if anyone's seen the Netflix documentary Wild Wild Country about that Indian cult in Oregon, it's that same cult. So he had a friend who was in that cult, which is interesting. Just a another connection to alternate spirituality. Um, they worked on some music in his early, early like juvenile period. But yeah, he so X goes to juvie, and he gets in more trouble. Basically, like he famously was on an episode of No Jumper with uh, with ski mask. <laughs> And, um, which by the way, Adam 22 allegedly has, um, accusations against him of a variety of crimes. You can look that up. You know, I'm not trying to get sued, but, um, X basically recounts the story of brutally assaulting, uh, his, uh, fellow inmate for being, well, for looking at him, um, sort of describing it as a he describes it as not homophobic, but he was beating him because he was uh, looking at him. So, like, it's a it's a brutal story. If even half of it's true, you know, it's rough stuff. But
1: yeah, well, and it comes from him, so I d- I don't see what the purpose would be unless he's just trying to make himself seem hard. But I don't think he has mm-hmm. to try to make himself seem hard. I mean, he it, it, he he was, you know. But I mean, yeah. I mean, he describes. You know, driving his head into the concrete like multiple times, and then putting the blood on his face like war paint. Um, you know, so it, it's pretty brutal, and it would just kind of show the uh, how early he would get on this violent trajectory
0: that would raise
1: its head multiple times throughout his life. Okay, I just
0: looked it up. XXX Tentacion was five foot six so he was a pretty short guy but he was like a brawler like there are a lot of videos of him like well okay there's a lot of videos of him winning fights but then there's what was it more than once it was like two times when he got knocked out on stage like later on
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: (laughs) that was such a crazy time when that stuff was going on
1: You know, that might have been, you know, before I even really knew anything about him, when he got knocked out at Rolling Loud, that might have been the first time that I'd ever heard of X after that
0: happened. (laughs) It's so crazy. So, X talking about his, like, early high school experience. I have a quote here. Um, By the way, this book that... Well, okay, a lot of our sources come from actual, like, instagram posts and um actual videos that he took um him and his friends and youtube clips uh but i also heavily drew from this book look at me the xxx tentacion story which is interesting it's an interesting book maybe we'll talk about it towards the end but so i think this comes from that book X had also begun experimenting with drugs other than weed at this time. He took any pill he could find, as well as LSD, mushrooms, and lean. He would later tell DJ academics that he had been suicidal, adding that he had a death wish. And he said, I smoked weed, and weed made me paranoid, so I fucking hated it. X popped Vicodin and Xanax, he said, because he wanted to kill himself. X felt his experimentation with mushrooms and LSD expanded his mind, but also said those drugs could drive you insane. He did not recommend his fans experiment with hallucinogens. Which, like, I mean, like, I've talked about this before, but, like, you know, his family was kind of poor. Like, I'm not sure how he could possibly get a hold of Lean, you know, assuming he's telling the truth, much less, like, mushrooms and LSD. Like, I know that this is, like, you know florida but like that seems like a lot of drugs for someone who whose family doesn't have a lot of money right i mean yeah it's just interesting i guess all it takes is one friend who wants to share but still no absolutely it's a little yeah. bit it's a little less suspicious since it's you know in florida like recently i did an episode with the cool zone podcast where we talked about a vampire cult and these Teenagers in Kentucky had all of this acid to basically, like, brainwash themselves. And I was just like, where are they getting this if it if they're in Kentucky? But, like, I feel like all the drugs in... I guess it's not that much of a stretch being in, like, Miami or Broward County, right? Yeah, yeah. So, X talked about... Uh, like, X had probably one of the most... Like strong fan bases partially because of the amount of love and attention he gave them and they became like hardcore supporters of him and uh like he even refused to use the term fan and he basically redefined fan as supporter and he sort of emphasized it on loyalty and like critics argued that he's it's almost like a cult leader tactic to like redefine words to suit the leader's needs which i'm not saying x was the leader of a cult but he was certainly doing that tactic right
1: absolutely well and something that's like really interesting about x is uh he has a a fascination with energy i mean you can almost not find an interview where he's talking where he's not talking about energy or the auras that people hold Mm -hmm. or taking people's energy or taking the energy of quote haters and transmuting that energy and stuff so um i definitely think like with all of his interest in energy that it's very interesting that he does have uh yeah and i don't mean like kind of like a cultish fan base or or people who are so heavily invested in him the way that a lot of other artist
0: fans aren't yeah and actually exactly what you're saying like One of his friends said this quote, X gave back, or X gave you back what you gave to him. If you gave him love, he'd project love back at you intensely. He'd call to check up on you and see how you're feeling on a random day because he really wanted to know. He would tell you he would always be there if you needed someone to talk at three in the morning because you were hurting. He encouraged the people close to him to unload about their feelings. However, X would also beat the crap out of people for looking at him the wrong way. Now, like, on the one hand, like, okay, like, projecting love back even more, like, that can be, like, a manipulative thing, and he was manipulative, but, like, to me, this reminds me also of Charles Manson, where Charles Manson had a quote where he said, "'Look down at me and you see a fool, look up at me and you see a god,' Look straight at me and you see yourself. And there are like other quotes by Manson where he basically, you know, says like that, like m- like almost like mirror thing. And so, like, I just see sort of a parallel there.
1: No, no, that is, that is interesting. Well, and like something like uh, I read uh, Chaos by Tom O'Neill not too long, and this is kind of another mm-hmm. parallel that they have. But towards the end of the book, um, Tom O'Neill's talking about how. Uh, I can't remember, was the lady's name Star or the one who Manson was dating in in prison and they were going to get married and she ended up kind of swindling him? And <laughs> he ended up crying over the whole thing, like, you know. And so uh, Manson, you know, in most people's mind, probably isn't the type who, you know, you would picture crying because uh, his girlfriend cheated on him while he's in in prison or whatever you know but there's you know other stories like that where he kind of does have a soft side but i mean also you know manson was like violent from a very early age um as well so yeah there is kind of like that interesting uh polarity between like the two sides of of them um when it comes to both individuals
0: yeah for sure and like X would, like, he started making music before he went to Juvie. And then in Juvie, he met Ski Mask, one of his, I mean. And so they started really making music together. And then from basically that point on, like 17, 18, 19, 20, it's just an intense period where all he's doing basically is making music and his career is just skyrocketing, right? And then in when he's 20, not to get ahead of ourselves, but just to know where the story is going, he, ex gets murdered. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But like, basically, we we're really only working with about four years of activity, uh, where some really interesting things happen. Should we, should we talk about, should we talk about Bruce Stickums? Do you think that would make sense? Because I feel like that was on the earlier side of his career.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if we want to just talk about the time period where he goes out to Miami, that's the time where he meets Bruno Dickums, and then we can talk a little bit in relation to uh, that, the song, I Spoke to the Devil in Miami, and uh, (laughs) I think that that would all make sense kind of for the next part of the X saga.
0: All right, so X was doing... um, Him and Ski Mask were playing like pretty small shows, and they would basically do music kind of like I guess you could almost say like mosh pit type rap music and this is the music this is the X music that I will still occasionally listen to I didn't listen to a lot of his later stuff um, there are certain songs like look at me that are is a pretty um, I guess you could say it's pretty catchy I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, no, right?
1: I like some of that music from from that exact time period. It sounds like we have a pretty similar taste when it comes to X and his discography. But also, this just kind of goes back to the energy. Is a uh, "Look at Me" was mm-hmm. his first really big song to blow up, and I mean, just think of the title "Look at Me." It's like give me your energy. Let let me harness that. So it's I thought that was extremely interesting that his first song to really blow up and get his name out there and turn him from this, you know, rather obscure underground SoundCloud artist into, you know, the cultural artifact that we know today is uh titled Look at Me, you know.
0: And it's actually interesting because initially X signed away the rights to that song um in exchange for his manager basically one of his several managers basically working for free because no one was getting any money at that stage. And then When the song blew up, when he got sent to jail for a, I think it was a couple months, or basically the song started making money, but at the point where X got out of prison or jail, it was only making around $700 in royalties, but X stabbed his manager to get the royalties back. (laughs) Yeah, and and then the manager
1: chose not to press charges or anything right.
0: Yeah, to basically protect his career, which that's another thing. There's just a long pattern of people choosing to protect him, sometimes coerced and sometimes not. But yeah, yeah. So I'm no expert on like the industry by like any stretch of the imagination, but I guess it's really common for rappers to have more than one manager. Like they'll often have one manager who actually knows the industry and one manager who just has their best interests at heart, and the two managers will work together. Sometimes even they'll be like three or four for like a really big act. And so X had a whole bunch of managers. But one of his managers, his fourth manager specifically, was a porn star named Bruce Dickums. Now, Bruce Dickums is like, his real name is Emmanuel Bruno Jaramillo. And he basically lives in Miami. And I guess the best way to explain it would be he owns a mansion. It's not clear where his money came from. But I guess now he runs, I guess, some porn... Like, he's both a porn actor and he, I think, produces. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I read that.
1: Yes, yes. And he has, like a harem of women who apparently constantly is rotating and new girls are coming in and new girls are coming out. And so, you know, he'll invite these women to live with him. You know, I presume probably, you know, to star in these pornographic films that he both makes and produce. But yeah, he seems to be uh, kind of on both sides of, of the porn
0: business. Yeah, and I saw... Because there's not a lot of good information about this guy. But there's one really good article uh, in the Daily Beast. And basically, Bruce Dickums has a mansion in Miami. And like you said, there's a harem there. And let's see. I'm trying to think of how to lay out the information. Let's see here. So after Ski Mask and X got out of juvie, they went to live at Bruno Dickums house. Which, when I first saw that, I was like, wait a minute. He was living at a porn star's house. And, like, that (laughs) that really, like, stuck out to me. And then I went and I kept pulling on this thread. And I was like, holy shit, there's so much going on with this dude. Because apparently, like, I'm not the pornography understander, right? And I'm sure that I might get some of these details wrong. But, like, most male porn stars are either like either they're like relatively disposable like they're they they do not typically make that much money and then the top guys usually the way it works is that you have to be in gay porn first to eventually make it into truly starring in like like heterosexual porn I'm pretty sure that's the case right
1: Yeah, yeah, or just, like, and and, and by the way, I don't claim to be the porn understander either, but to my (laughs) understanding, uh, yeah, I think that's the case, or just, like, kind of in general, and I'm not saying homosexual is deviant, but, like, if not homosexual Mm -hmm. pornography, just, like, kind of, like, more deviant or out there forms of pornography to kind of make a name for yourself before you can, yeah, get casted. I mean, it's just like anything else, like, most people don't go out to hollywood and start off in you know blockbuster movies you know there's you got to work your way up
0: yeah so there's typically a progression and the normal way to do it would be either to be in gay porn and then work your way up or sometimes if you're rich you can just you know fund it and you can star in it yourself but like this guy he's like one of like i think i said i think i saw in like the article there's like Only, like, a couple of guys who basically never did gay porn. And he just, like, I think only does straight, like, heterosexual porn. But the other notable thing is that his pornography that he's in, it's, like, brutal shit. It's, It's, like, all... Yeah,
1: I accidentally, uh, you know stumbled into some images of it as i was doing this research and uh you know uh, m- most pornography doesn't set well with me but it's like especially just like gratuitous and demeaning to women and it, and it it's pretty disgusting honestly
0: no and like obviously i'm not trying to kink shame or anything but like this isn't just normal like bdsm stuff like that's sort of one thing but like I was, like, looking on his Twitter, not realizing that there's porn on Twitter. And, like, I looked at, like, something he posted on his own Twitter. And he was, like, wrapping cellophane around a woman's head. It was just, like, insane shit. And I was just like, what the f- what? Anyway, yeah, not trying to I, turn I, this into, like, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw something to where, like, it was, like, a woman, like, hanging from the wall by, like, these, like, straps and, like, ball gagged and yeah it seems like pretty brutal vindictive types of pornography and it's not just you and me saying this i mean in that daily beast article um bruno Dickums himself i i i'm gonna paraphrase it because i don't remember exactly but he said that uh it can look quote rapey end quote the the performances that that he does for these films and stuff so you know that's not just you and me saying this but it does seem like It's kind of catering to people who have uh, kind of sadistic whims as far as that kind of thing goes.
0: Yeah, and to that same end, uh, the journalist talked to a bunch of, like, pornography talent agencies and confirmed that he is actually on their new no-shoot list, which is, like, the no-fly list but for pornography because, like, they won't hire him because he doesn't, like, follow you know, their guidelines basically. And there are a bunch of accusations against him. Um, I won't get into the specifics, but you can imagine what, what types of, uh, accusations are out there for this type of guy. But the point is he makes brutal degrading pornography. He doesn't seem to have followed the normal pattern of the industry. And so like, X and Ski Mask weren't just living in like a random porn house. They were living in the porn house of like a very unique pornographer. So keep that in mind. Like <laughs> it's not even like, like it's hard to emphasize like how different this guy is even for the, to the rest of the Florida pornography community which is already itself kind of a satanic scene right. And to that end yeah, there is actually a bunch of satanic art in this guy's mansion. Like, can you speak on that, Luke? Like, I think you saw some more of it than I did. And like, I mean, the art.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of on that Podesta vibe, I guess you could <laughs> could say, yeah. where it's just like, I can't imagine the type of person who would want this shit on their walls. Like, I can't imagine walking through my house on a daily basis and and, and seeing this stuff uh, there's a Baphomet that Extentation was uh, photographed in front of at, at one point. And it's interesting that the place is in Miami, and that's where X spoke to the devil. Um, but anyhow, yeah, there, there's a Baphomet on the wall. And then I saw these series of videos, because if you type in Bruno Dickums on YouTube, only a handful of videos will come up. And they're kind of like vlogs that him and his friends may just like hanging out smoking weed at his place and stuff and i scrolled through a lot of these videos to try to get a better idea of the kind of artwork and stuff that he has in this house and it's not just the baphomet but that whole room which is where like they'll a lot of the times when they throw parties have performers do their music and stuff and girls dancing in this room and stuff it's uh got the baphomets but then it's also got a bunch of voluptuous white women who are being, uh, who are felating and having intercourse with uh, demons on the wall. And these, it's not like a painting. Like, th- this is literally how the walls are painted in this room. Um, so it's certainly unsettling. And I can't imagine, I mean, even being a, a hardcore pornographer, like wanting this, This kind of aesthetic for my house So that really kind of speaks to the Frame of mind that that he's coming from To even, you know Be able to to, to have this kind of thing on his walls And uh, yeah, this is the house where You know, a lot of probably people's favorite SoundCloud rappers Listening to this, you know Have gone here, partied here, met girls here
0: Cool. So there was an interview, like I said, with Ski Mask, where he said, My life was crazy back then. Me and Jose, which is to say X, we were trying to figure out our lives and where we were going to live. We were on the streets, basically, and we had to figure something out. We found somebody named Bruno and lived with him in Miami. So, like, that, like, he says it like that's normal, but, like, that's extremely not normal. These are, like, broke. like basically teenagers who like move into not just any pornographer but like a satanic abusive pornographer's house and then one of X's producers Ronnie J he said Bruno does porn he had the girls the house for us to come over and make music the house had a stripper pole in there and all these creepy ass paintings it had really crazy energy And, like, crazy energy. Like, what you're describing, what they're describing, seems true. Like, Ronnie J continues saying, Everything was super fucking raw, bro. There were fucking guns around, fucking daggers, knives, everywhere. Swords and shit. It was crazy. Like, it was real, raw-ass fucking South Florida shit, bro. So, like, I remember, like... You and I Luke, we were mess- we were DMing each other talking about this. And like cuz you found some of like X's more interesting occult interests and I was like where did he get into this stuff? Like who introduced him because it doesn't sound like his mom did. It doesn't sound like some of his like Christian group homes that he got sent to or like his normal public high school. And yeah, with the internet, people can get into crazy things on their own, but like, it typically doesn't happen like that, right? With occult magic, like usually you know somebody who gets you into something like this, and I was trying to figure it out, and then it's got to be this Bruce Dickums or Bruno Dickums guy. Like, it's got to be he's the he's the guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I'm I'm in complete agreement, and. Yeah, yeah, I think that it was most likely Dickums who um, introduced him to all this, and we'll get more into, like, some of the specific interests that X had when it comes to the occult, but, like, someone like Ghost that that could make sense, how they got into to Thelema or whatever, because, like, basically, if you Google the occult, like, it's five seconds before you stumble into Aleister Crowley, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of like line of thought. But some of the stuff that X had uh, purported interest in by people who were close to him uh, was not as usual. It was a little bit more obscure. So that really just lends even more credence to the whole like question of like, who the hell is it that got him into this stuff?
0: And I will say for the book that I read, the book says friends would pinpoint this time x spending his time living at bruno's house as the point at which x's personality underwent a swift and drastic change and these same people interviewed for the book say that bruno's house was drudgy and grimy and ski mask and the adult performers marcia may and nat rose have alluded to seeing different types of occult artifacts
1: yeah well and just to like keep reading from that like same excerpt because like i have the this in my notes um yeah according to the journalist tarpley hit dickens had a harem of women that rotated on any given day he had different sexual or sadomasochistic arrangements with each one of them for instance one resident at the dickens estate with a daddy daughter fetish had to compete complete different chores around the house in exchange for stickers if she didn't earn her quota of stickers in a week, Dickums would punish her in some kind of BDSM fashion. If she did earn enough stickers, he took her out for Princess Day, where she could have anything she wanted. Hit recalls a woman writing notes to Dickums while she was interviewing him. He explained that the woman couldn't speak because of the ball gag in her mouth. Yeah, and then another guy who was... Um, in this crew of people, Ryan members described the time that X spent at Bruno's as downright insane, saying it was the inspiration for the name of his clothing line, Paranoid Visions. Elgato says different people would be passed out at different times all day long at Dickham's house. It was then that X started using LSD regularly.
0: Which, not to refer to my episode with the Cool Zone recently with that vampire cult, but they were taking acid in crypts which sounds like the worst possible set and setting for taking acid but this might actually be worse like regularly taking acid while you're in the bdsm porn house sounds actually worse than taking it in a crypt like yeah like like that that's insane
1: I can't want to be further away from anything than I want to be far away from, like, acid and Satan in the same context. That sounds just like a one-way ticket to, like,
0: losing your mind. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, another friend of X said that X's aura started to change when he lived there and a darkness started to follow him around everywhere. X had a falling out with Ski Mask and, like... Ski mask refers to like X having like attempted or actually sacrificed ski masks like spirit to the devil, which you know that's open to to interpretation. But like <laughs> and like, let's see here. Um, and yeah, let's see. So X lived with Bruno a couple times, so there was like. Early on he lived there several months, he moved out, moved back in. Oh yeah, there is a famous video uh, between X and one of his girlfriends Geneva, who is one of who is the girlfriend who was pregnant. She got beat by X, she lost the baby. she was beat very brutally, right but like so it's this girlfriend that you know is I guess the infamous one. So there's a video of her basically lying in a bed, freaking out and convulsing. And basically there are rumors about this video and some people were saying it was a detox, but she wasn't on drugs or at least not heroin, like some people said. Other people say that it was an exorcism, which open to interpretation, but...
1: Yeah, well, and I think that she said that she was like, just kind of like wanting to get out of the situation and getting she wanted to get out of bruno's house i think because the vibe was so weird and she was with x for a while there and so i think that her story is kind of like she faked like she was possessed because she knew all these guys took the occult seriously and uh but it ended up kind of backfiring because like instead of like wanting to to leave there i guess and like kind of like leave her more alone i guess like especially with x that this just made her made him more interested but i do think that bruno was like just wanted to get get her out get her away from from the situation so i remember reading something like that i don't remember all the specifics because there's also so many people who are floating around that scene that it can be difficult to keep up with all their names and who's who
0: but yeah and i will say probably maybe like just two more things about Bruno and then we can like move on. So I'm not sure, like I'm pretty sure this film got made, but Bruno Dickens was one of two people along with the actress Marsha May who were in a scene like a porn movie designed to mock Eric Garner and George Floyd's murder. Oh my gosh. I didn't see that. So basically a porn parody. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it got made. Because I was reading a story about it. Uh, That's messed up. (laughs) Ridiculously messed up. And then, so, Marsha May, who, correct me if I'm wrong, she's the one that got arrested, right?
1: Yeah, so, Marsha May, there's this interview on on YouTube. I can't remember the name of the interviewer, but she's in a bikini in this interview, and she says in the interview that Bruno would that he had she calls it a pentagon i'm pretty sure she meant to say a pentagram underneath his bed and that he would have sex with girls and steal their soul um i guess through some sort of magical ritual involving this pentagram that he kept under his bed and she said that x was involved with this kind of behavior as well, and mm-hmm. goes on to say that Bruno was on some real demonic shit and that someone needed to stop him. And Marsha May was actually the same lady who aired out some of these allegations against Bruno Dickums in the first place, posting it onto her Instagram. Um, and the allegations weren't against her, but like I, she was like exposing this, I guess, on behalf of another lady who was abused allegedly. By Bruno uh, but yeah then She would go on to be Arrested for filming uh, An Orgy that took place With uh, Three underage people 12 13 and 14 uh, these Girls and then there were two men who were Involved with this and I don't know If she was personally involved or if she Was just filming but I mean that is like A level of personal involvement but Certainly a, a Kind of kind of crazy
0: yeah like on the one hand you're not sure whether to believe her but on the other hand you there's also the possibility like was she set up for speaking out like i'm not going to take any particular hard stance here because i have no way of knowing but like
1: or who knows i mean maybe she has you know lackluster uh ethic uh but maybe Mm -hmm. despite her not great morals, she's still somehow more offended by what Bruno's up to. So who knows? I mean, yeah. I, I would think someone who's caught in this kind of thing, I, I would really kind of take their word if they're like, you think I'm bad news? Like you haven't even heard of this Bruno guy. I,
0: I. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause like I, I kept finding like, like basically porn insider news, like websites that were all just like, like, we are the responsible pornographers. This guy is, like, way out of whack. And, like, they're talking about, like, his treatment of, like, actors and actresses. Like, they're not even talking about the demonic shit. But, like, they go hand in hand. Like, like doing yeah. wildly irresponsible, dangerous pornography appears to be going hand in hand with having, like, demonic interests, basically. In this guy, at least.
1: Yeah, and just before we move off the subject of, of Bruno, is I don't mm-hmm. think that he was just X's manager. I think he might have been Ski Mask, um, a manager for him for a little while, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be, so I don't want to say that with certainty. But also, uh, X and Ski Mask, it's not like, th- th- like they somehow just met up with this Bruno guy and that was kind of the extent of Bruno's involvement with the SoundCloud scene. But he had all kinds of rapper. He had people from Raider Clan, including mm-hmm. like I believe Smoke Perp and stuff coming through there, as well as Lil Tracy. So that kind of ties into the Goth Boy clique and the Lil Peep world. Mm-hmm. And uh, who was it in that Daily Beast article? There's a quote about a, a pretty well-known SoundCloud rapper who is like uh, from. Adam twenty two was like from Bruno's to uh, oh those
0: little that was a little pump
1: yeah yeah little pump little pump yeah so uh, Lil pump was into this scene so uh, it, it's it's really crazy and this Bruno guy started what was called Groupie Lust and it I, I haven't watched any of the videos or anything but to my understanding from what I've read it's kind of like a mixture between like pornography with like cameos from SoundCloud rappers, most of which don't star in any of the videos. But Bruno has said that he has videotapes of ex-tentation as well as Lil Tracy. And during the course of this research, uh, he claimed that like the hard drive or something where all this stuff was saved had gone submerged in water. And so, groupie lust is now no longer a thing. But I did see during the course of my
0: yeah, no, like the way it's written, one of Lil Tracy's friends destroyed the lap, like the hard drive with Lil Tracy's scene. Which that could be true, or that could be like they like home invaded and destroyed it, or like who knows? I'm not trying to like make allegations but like there's clearly a story there with that
1: yeah yeah i don't know either and i don't know the the full story behind this but something i will say is during my research i did see a pornographic image of lil tracy and perhaps it's faked but i i do know a bit about photoshop and i looked at it and it seemed like a genuine picture so i don't know maybe it is uh, floating around there in some capacity and looking at the image i couldn't tell if it was in bruno's house or not because it was in a i think a kitchen or something like that and there's
0: yeah but uh little tracy did do at least one music video at bruno's house and there are other music videos of other artists at his house
1: yeah 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 and he has sex tapes on uh, of some of these artists at least that that we know of, he says that he's you know not going to release the Extentation one because uh, you know out of respect for the dead or whatever. Which that might be the first time that Bruno's shown any kind of <laughs> respect <laughs> for anybody. Um, but yeah, certainly a, a crazy connection for that connects a lot of these seemingly disparate SoundCloud artists too one guy who could uh, potentially have gotten all these guys in a
0: compromising situation yeah and other rappers who have a connection to bruno would be i don't know jeffrey which that makes me think of jeffrey epstein uh (laughs) fat nick (laughs) fat nick and puya which they both have allegations against them choppo the guy from ohio that i mentioned there's TankHead666 and Mike Deese, I guess. And then also the thing that you referenced earlier, it was Adam22 tweeting out two pictures of Lil Pump who had recently performed on Saturday Night Live. And Adam22 said, the caption read, from Bruno's house to Saturday Night Live in less than two years. So like, The way that's phrased and the way these connections seem to work, it almost makes you wonder, like, do they have to, like, go through Bruno to, like, make it on the underground rap scene? Like, that's almost the way he's phrasing it.
1: I'm so glad that you, yeah, no, I'm so glad that you pointed that out, because when I read that, it's like, so, yeah, exactly, like... Is the uh, is the initiation going into Bruno's, and that's what takes your career to the Saturday Night Live level or something? Because there is some kind of weird, subtle implication in the way that he words that.
0: Yeah, and like that is so open to interpretation because, like, we've talked about, and like the like the subliminal jihad guys and vigilant citizen, and like a lot of people have talked about, like, either you know, like you have to do some satanic shit or sometimes some gay shit, which, you know, no disrespect, obviously, but like, like rappers have talked about and having to be punked out or like, you know, something. And, and like, where does the satanism first start? And in this dude, at least for this music scene, we have the intersection of both like violent sex pornography and, you know, like possibly blackmail. And Satanic shit. And it's like... And all of them pass through there before they get famous. Yeah. I mean... Oh, Denzel Curry. That was another one. And so, like, basically, like, if this happens and if there's some sort of grooming vetting process that happens through this, like, people always speculated about that existing. But this would be the place where this happens.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and... While we're on this, this is kind of like peripherally um, related. But um, X's song, I spoke to the devil in Miami. He said, everything Mm -hmm. will be fine. Bruno's place was in Miami. And in the song, he says that he talks to a Baphomet. And the Baphomet speaks back to him. And the whole song's a conversation um, of X with this like, you know, Baphomet, this devil who he's making a deal with um, and it's said, the Baphomet responds at the end of the song what you crave will be yours soon but what I crave is already mine anima vestra anima vestra, which means your soul in Latin but not only did it, does he say he spoke to the devil in Miami, but that this devil was a, specifically a Baphomet and something that's interesting about the Baphomet is there's the absolutely giant painting of baphomet inside of bruno's house and there's this video um that uh i saw got posted to youtube or something like that where it's bruno talking about how he thinks that this baphomet represents him and that he identifies with this baphomet and that like they're they're like kind of like you know one and the same in his view or something so uh Maybe X was talking about a very literal deal with the devil, or maybe he was just talking about uh, making a deal with Bruno the Baphomet in Miami. Mm -hmm.
2: But the sun don't shine, and tears don't show off. Hurt me now, cause heart's been broke. up hate myself, but it won't show. I constantly lose all. My remorse and it's sad for the wolf and three for the shepherd and it's one for the sheep who led by your leopard often gave his as a handle of weapon took a bite of your apple give me all you can offer now I'm trapped in a of maze setting my soul ablaze, couldn't control the pace words is going hay heartless is reckless this is word of a pacifist word of a masochist i all for the man my lord I spoke to a bet for he said he would save me if I I gave you one thing you needed. What is this thing I pleaded? Why you sedated even? Yeah.
3: And
2: as I spoke, my fingers strong, I'm Taking it back and smiles and tells me what you crave will soon be yours. But what I crave is already mine.
1: You know what I mean? So it's certainly um, an interesting way to to listen to that song. I listen once I read all the stuff about Bruno and start thinking about it. I, I went back and listened to the song, and it kind of gives this already creepy song like an extra, just like spooky factor. No,
0: absolutely. And didn't he say X like that was his favorite song or something? I feel like he might have said that. Yeah, he said
1: that that was the song
0: that he felt most
1: accomplished about which is uh, kind of interesting because really when you think in, like, the context of of his music, I mean, he certainly has lots of other, like, you know, sad songs out there. But this one's, like, really slow. It's kind of, like, got more of a – it's a little bit more melodic than most of his stuff, and it's, like, very tense with, like, the creepy piano in the background. And I don't feel like if I were going to choose a song that's, like, really representative of who he was as an artist that I would necessarily – Choose this song. So uh it's very interesting yeah. that
0: that was his favorite song of his. And in the book that I read, you know, for this, uh, there's a quote here that said An astonishing number of people interviewed for this book believe, in one way or another, that X had actually sold his soul to the devil. Many of them aren't religious, and most of them don't believe that X met a man with horns and made a bargain but they all believe that X deliberately gave himself over to some kind of dark energy. And like, whether or not you believe in the devil, I think is beside the point. I think that you can make certain, even if it's purely on a metaphorical level, I think you can make certain bargains and get what you want. But that sometimes, you know, if you're trying to harness these negative powers, there's blowback. And I think that he experienced that blowback as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I here's a direct quote from X. I'm not a demon, but I have a demonic energy. So it's not just the people around him who are saying that he has this kind of dark energy and aura going around him, but it's something that he firmly believed himself to uh to be involved with.
0: And I think in a second here we can probably get into some of your findings on like what particular occult. Uh, interests he had. But I will say one more thing that had like, ah, shoot, what's it called? The um, freshman class for I think it's XXL. Like, you know, every year they do like the new rappers that are like the hotness now. Yeah, the cypher. That's an interesting word, right? Yeah. So, okay. So like the premise is that like, first of all, I didn't know that they were called cyphers. Like I have, I've watched those, you know, for a while. They're the freshman, You know, it's almost like a coming out for rappers of, like, oh, this is the new guy, right? And they call it Cyphers. Like, the, it's almost like a freestyle that you do on the spot. Uh, Obviously, they prepare, but, like... And, (laughs) like, usually it's fun. It's it's always almost like a very fun atmosphere, like... (sighs) Like if you follow rap, like you know what I'm talking about. These are these are normally fun affairs, and so X came out. I I forget what year it was. Was it 2018 or something?
1: Might be 2017 because I think that was a big year to him because uh, that's why he got the 17 that's tattooed right. on his
0: head, which is an occult thing. We'll get to in a second. So that year it was Playboy Cardi, uh, Ugly God, X, and then made into into you you or something i don't know i don't know that guy but like okay so they all do this like fun rap and then it's x's turn at the end and they just cut the music because they were doing like beats you know and like the way i've heard it phrased is that like if you make a bargain to the devil supposedly you have to sacrifice one of the most important moments of your life to the devil. And the way I've heard it speculated is that one of the most important moments in X's life was when he made it to the XXL freshman class of 2017, right? And I've heard it speculated that his freestyle is him basically making the deal with the devil. And like, I'm not going to read the lyrics, but I'll probably cut in his freestyle here. And uh, you've heard it, right? What do, you, what do you make of that? Yes, I have
1: heard it. And uh, it's honestly believable to me that perhaps that he is talking with the devil there. <laughs> but even if that's not the case, it's certainly a very creepy and cryptically worded thing. And uh, yeah, I'm sure when people hear it that they're going to be able to gleam some of the occult insights that are like, inside of it so yeah no it's it's definitely definitely creepy and uh yeah
2: and if the world ever has an apocalypse i will kill all of you fuckers fear will be plentiful death will be bountiful i will spare none of you peasants fuck your religion your pacifuckers and got sent to a prison in pc i seen the devil he's in you women, you need saving and listen to this see follow him home cut the right corner so nobody sees you turn off your phone Leave it at home so nobody can trace you. Mask your expressions. Appear to be calm, they won't read your intentions. As soon as you're in, let them all know who they're all in the presence of. I am a murderer. I am a demon, the son of a serpent. What is your faith? What is your worth? Have you felt acknowledgment? If I kill you now, will you go to heaven or hell you believe in? that? Is approaching you. 30 seconds to think before lying and bless you.
0: Yeah. All right. So let, I guess let's talk a little bit about uh, some of his occult interests. And I think you could probably... Uh, Go with what you found, if you want.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, we've already gone over some of his occult interest, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he has lots of occult symbols tattooed all over him. He has three dots tattooed above his eye and then three dots tattooed below the same eye. 33 is the highest level in Scottish Freemasonry. It's a number with a lot of occult importance. He has the Cross of Ankh, like that Egyptian cross with the circle as the top and then like the bottom half of the cross tattooed on his chest. He, um, according to both himself in interviews and to people who knew him, always had a strong interest in everything from astral projection, crystals and chakras to lucid dreams, meditation, and the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is something that he would talk about a lot. Uh, According to who I believe was the last person to interview X um, Said that he kind of believed in Santeria And that he definitely believed in witches And X said that his ex-girlfriend Had been a witch who successfully conducted money rituals And um, he said that he had another ex-girlfriend Who asked him whether it'd be okay to practice witchcraft and he had a deep interest in astrology and alchemy uh you can see in like a lot of the live streams like the books that he has behind him and stuff will be books on alchemy or the occult or the law of attraction and
0: uh so uh i wanted to also add so he was way into the secret and the secret of course was popular that pop you know that came out in 2006 but What's also notable is that he was reading what's called the Master Key System, which was a system of personal development that came out in 1916. And a lot of new thought and then correlated with that is new age stuff. Basically, a lot of it comes back to this. And so a lot of self-help is basically like rehashing things like systems that already existed the secret was a rehash of the master key system. But like the point being that like X basically had the original iteration of this, which shows that he was not just like loosely into the secret. He was like deep into the secret.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, it's something that he would continually talk about through interviews, um, throughout his brief life and whatnot. So yeah. and pretty much x with all of this stuff uh seems not to just be kind of interested but honestly to kind of have an obsession with a lot of these ideas um according now this is uh gonna be a fun one for the listeners but according to the miami new times he quote had a preoccupation with esoteric philosophy the holistic and spiritual teachings of Rudolf steiner in particular and for a while, an abiding interest in ritual magic. And so, <laughs> yeah, no, I almost peed my pants laughing when I first learned that he was really into Steiner. Just because, like, I had hardly heard of him. And, you know, I like to read books on all these types of subjects and, and try and learn about it. So it was just such an obscure person for X to have a deep interest as uh, they they worded it.
0: Um Yeah, no, uh, I would just say like when you told me that, I could not stop laughing. And like I already had faith, like based on what we were talking about, that like this was gonna be a good episode. But when you found that X was into Rudolf Steiner of all people, I was just like, What the fuck? Like, what is going on? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, because it's, it's absolutely that's, that's, crazy.
0: That's, like, you're right, that's not like Ghost Main being like, oh, I'm into Aleister Crowley, but not that obvious Church of Satan stuff, more like the deep stuff, like, you know, like Crowley himself, and this is, like, so much weirder to be into Rudolf Steiner.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, X may have been the only person on the planet at that time who was really interested in Rudolf Steiner, now that's a joke, but, like, I mean, it's it's not too far from reality and i mean obviously steiner with like wall door schools and stuff like um he still has you know influence and whatnot but out of every like conversation that i've ever had with somebody about the occult even with the few people i've met who were interested in like did like occult stuff like i'd I'd never heard steiner come
0: up so it was just pretty pretty
1: crazy um but no like
0: no just real quick like uh, I think Subliminal Jihad talked about Steiner uh, just, like, in a QA and a episode. And so, they, like, they haven't addressed it, I think, too much. And then, like, I searched, like, quite hard to verify that X did not go to a Waldorf school. He, like, he didn't. So, like, the normal entry point for, like, I would say overwhelmingly, like, 99% of all people who know who Rudolf Steiner is it's like through the Waldorf systems and like he didn't go to one of those schools. So it's like, where did he get onto the Steiner kick?
1: Yeah, no. And, um, uh, this isn't just like something too, that like a couple people close to him said that he was interested in, but he actually incorporated it into his art because in one of his songs, um, a helping hand, not a song. That's the title. Um, he says, uh, not like in the lyrics, but it's kind of like, uh, like an ad lib or something to study the golden beetle. And so, extantation fans like started, you know, creating all these Reddit forums and different things like, what's the golden beetle? Trying to figure out what the golden beetle was. And some people initially theorized that maybe it was referring to the winged beagle beetle by Aleister Crowley because there's a gold beetle on the cover. And, uh, but, I I, I don't think that that's the case because if you read any of The Winged Beetle, as far as Aleister Crowley's work, it has like less magical importance, and it's just kind of like his poetry, which personally I'm not a huge fan of his (laughs) poetry. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and then looking further into it, I figured out that there is a collection. Uh, if you go to the website goldenbeetlebooks.com, it claims to be the largest collection of Rudolf Steiner literature. And uh, on Tumblr, X was like pretty famous for like trying to communicate with his fans and talking back with them and stuff. And someone um, posted on Tumblr, Looked into the Golden golden Beetle because of you. It truly spoke to me and did quite literally come to me like you said. Just wanted to say thank you, X. You're a real inspiration, especially for your fellow musicians out there like me. We'll meet soon. And then he replied, good. Be careful with the books. They've got demons attached to them. So, that's uh, certainly interesting. And I I, kind of read these probably in the wrong order but another exchange between x and a fan concerning the golden beetle that was referenced in that last post that i read um his fan says can you go in depth on the golden beetle or is it the same concept as the secret law of attraction and then x replied i can't give you the answer behind it because of how powerful the information is and the things that i know follow it Understand me when I literally say If the information is for you It will literally come to you But if and when it does Be careful with what you do with it So he has you know This like cryptic call In uh, one of his songs To study the golden beetle And then when fans of him You know ask like Hey is this the golden beetle Or what Like, If you're asking him he won't even Give you a straight answer the only time that you know he like is kind of like real with someone in regards to talking about the golden beetle is this guy who said I discovered the golden beetle and it did quite literally come to me and then it's like X had enough respect for it but it's honestly a, a very occult way for him to look at things uh, not wanting to deal with kind of like uh, the profane you know but like that this is. A knowledge that will choose you, and that there's kind of like, you know, an elite or uh, some sort of like, uh, yeah, like 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 there's levels to it, and like that was something that yeah. occultists have always been famous for. I mean, I read the Book of the Law in preparation for this, and I mean, just how like aristocratic and uh, ultimately just like how authoritarian. It is, you know what I mean. So like that's something that like shows up in in Crowley's work and and, and what have you. And so it's kind of interesting that X would take this view. Um, but yeah, I guess um, just to talk a little bit about Steiner, um, since X was so interested in him, uh, Steiner had an intense interest interest in theosophy. So the kind of spiritual practiced. Found by Madame Helena Plavatsky And uh, he was a member of the German section of the Theosophical Society And what do Germans in theosophy make you think of? Nazis (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what it makes me think of too Um, But yeah, so he became the general secretary for this society And he began to publish uh, a magazine that he entitled Lucifer and he would be the editor of the magazine But he would also write most all of the pieces That appeared in Lucifer And these eventually would be um, compiled into books A lot of these essays and stuff he wrote um, One of these which I have read most of Was How to Know Higher Worlds And uh, I, if somebody is interested in trying to like Kind of learn Steiner and his system of thought That's probably the best place to start with it. Um, As time wore on, Steiner would move further and further away from like the accepted dogma kind of and theosophical circles. And he wanted to implement some more kind of Western ideas into theosophy, like specifically like German idealism and some kind of like ideas from like romanticism and whatnot, along with some more Western occult because there's a pretty heavy, um, Theosophy is, for the most part, pretty heavily inclined to kind of like more Eastern thoughts, so this is where he kind of came up with the idea for his philosophy, which he is partly famous for today, Anthroposophy, um, which is kind of like a blend of all these ideas that he developed while he was writing Lucifer Gnosis uh, for the German branch of the the Theosophical (laughs) Society, So, once again, it's kind of interesting, because, uh, you know, just kind of like how people who are Thelemites today, you know, will try to be like, we have nothing to do with Satan, or, you know, Saw Baby is, you know, uh, unknownism has nothing to do with Satan. I'm sure that, like, the five Steiner heads out there on the planet are probably like, Steiner has nothing to do with Satan and Aramon and all this stuff, but, like... You know, I mean, if you go look at what Steiner actually wrote, you know, it could very easily lead one to uh, come to a different conclusion. But Wikipedia defines anthroposophy as a philosophy founded in the early of 20th century by Steiner that postulates the existence of an objective, intellectually comprehensible spiritual world accessible to human experience. Followers of anthroposophy aim to engage in spiritual discovery through a mode of thought independent of sensory experience. They also aim to present their ideas in a manner verifiable by rational discourse and in studying the spiritual world. Seek comparable precision and clarity to that obtained by scientists investigating the physical world. Um, and something that I think is interesting about Anthroposophy and just kind of like Steiner in general um, like when you think of the Waldorf schools, one of the things that they're interested in is eurythmy, which is kind of almost like an interpretive dance where they'll wear these kind of like, you know, uh, colorful like almost midsummer kind of looking dresses and 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 do these dance performances at the school. And Steiner um, was very interested in music uh, being and other forms of art being. And important, not just in the sense of expression, but that it could actually kind of serve as a bridge between the physical and the spiritual realm. And so, I think that it's kind of interesting that X would be so fascinated with his ideas, um, especially when it comes to to that re- regard. But also, Steiner believes in lots lots of interesting things, like he literally believed in the existence of gnomes and what have you. <laughs> Uh, he thought yeah, that like, so soul-
0: um well, just famously, like one of the few like holdovers in Waldorf schools is like they will teach your kids that gnomes are real,
1: yeah, well, and wasn't it they they talked about in subliminal jihad, but there was that person who wrote the the article about like how you know. I have some problems with like, they're teaching my kids gnomes and whatever, but like, at least it's better than Jesus or anything like that. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm, if I'd be so sure about that. Um, And I might be wrong, but I want to say whoever wrote that article was like someone who was like pretty funny for it to be like Noah Berlatsky or something, something like that. Maybe I'm. Oh Lord.
0: Yeah. No, I'm trying to remember who it was. I feel like it was like a pundit.
1: Yeah, I can't remember exactly who it was, but I feel like whoever wrote it, it was interesting that they were the one to pin that article anyways. But that that's aside the point. Um, but Steiner, I couldn't find concrete evidence. Maybe you'll know, but I've seen lots of people theorize that he belonged to an obscure sect of Freemasonry and that this is where he got a lot of his ideas, but I wasn't able to actually confirm whether or not he was a Freemason. I did see that he wrote about Freemasonry and some of the... The practices involved. But um, I think kind of like once you really delve deep into Steiner and you get past just like the like Wikipedia entry type stuff where it's like, oh, you know, there's Waldorf schools and they get eggs for lunch from the chickens they have there and they ban technology for like people under 12 years old and like all these things that seem really good. Like when you really dig into who Steiner was – I would say kind of like at the heart of what he was doing was blending ideas from theosophy, German idealism, and specifically Gnosticism into a lot of what he had to do. And he kind of has this uh, this very Gnostic conception that's held by a, a lot of other people, whether it be, you know, like... I mean, Manson was kind of another one of these people, but basically that, like, God and the devil are kind of like, you know opposite sides of the coin but they're Mm -hmm. ultimately one coin you know and that there's you know a a, a way to engage with like kind kind of both like this like very like gnostic idea in, in my interpretation
0: oh yeah no for sure i think that was a good explanation for steiner
1: yeah yeah and yeah, the Waldorf schools are, are certainly interesting, and that's where like most people know from them. I actually saw that the Gates Foundation, um, I think, like donated a bunch of money to like one of the first Waldorf schools in America, and it's very interesting that a lot of these uh, Silicon Valley big tech people send their kids to Waldorf schools and whatnot, um, not only just because they don't allow tech there, for uh for the kids but it's also just interesting because these are people who you would think for the most part are like pretty rationalistic they're probably not all too spiritual like would be pretty concerned with the material realm so it's like pretty interesting that they would send their kid to like a new age spiritualist kind of school
0: yeah no but i mean it's crazy like this is what rich people send their kids to like it's either this or like dalton or something where like your kid will be abused like it's one or the other like
1: yeah 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 so uh, that was a uh, something interesting that i just kind of got into a little bit because of looking into this but yeah i certainly thought x being really into steiner was uh pretty crazy and uh i don't know do you have more that you want to talk about x and rudolph steiner or do you want to kind of like move on to the the next stage of of the Extentation story i just have uh the weird story about x and x's mom and the mm. stalker
0: yeah let's let's talk about his mom real quick
1: okay yeah well Extentation's mom was named cleopatra And she had a stalker named Donovan Banton, whom she filed a restraining order against after his arrest. And Cleopatra said that he um, had been playing sadistic games. uh, And he said that Cleopatra had been playing sadistic games with him and instructing him to come to her house. And that she possessed him by the use of witchcraft and is using witchcraft to spiritually attack him. This was not the first time that he had attempted to break into the uh, Cleopatra's home, and and I, w- I should specify that this was after X died. Um, when police found him, they found him with a small axe, a pry bar, and two pairs of gloves. Bayton said that his reason for initially trying to contact uh, Cleopatra Bernard was because he had been re- receiving sadistic messages from X in his dream, so... It's kind of interesting that x who is so interested in astral projection you know um he's apparently meeting this guy on the astral plane <laughs> um but yeah uh, cleopatra filed has had two lawsuits filed against her by uh family members after uh x died about mishandling money from the estate so uh that's that's really all I got there. I try to do a little bit of digging and see if I could fi- figure out, you know, whether Cleopatra had been interested in, you know, any weird kind of esoteric stuff, or maybe bo- been brought up in a uh, interesting religious community or, or something like that. But I couldn't really find anything on that. But anyways, uh, just to get an idea of it, people might go just Google Donovan Banton. Cause this guy like looks crazy and just, it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting,
0: uh, story. Very interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, like they were Rastafarians and then his mom at least has been accused of witchcraft by like possibly a crazy man. Possibly. I mean, yeah, it's just well. interesting.
1: And something else, I'm, I'm glad that I just
0: remember this because
1: I almost forgot. But Donovan Banton isn't the only one to uh, be, because he was a big fan of X. And then he started thinking that X was like, you know, communicating to him in his dreams and telling him to, like, I don't know, kill his mom or <laughs> something like that. Um, but Donovan Banton wasn't the only X fan to. Received some sort of message by engaging with the music that was like led them to practice the occult. After X died, there was lots of uh, people who were uploading videos of themselves to YouTube trying to contact him with a Ouija board. I saw some videos on YouTube of people trying to uh, communicate with Jocelyn Flores to ask her questions mm. and and stuff like this. And so, yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, Interesting stuff about fans Of extentation, you know Kind of practicing the occult To, to learn more about his life And specifically his death I have this uh, 4chan, this archive 4chan post on, on my phone That's pretty interesting That um, I might just read Because it's like three paragraphs But it's uh, This guy believes that Baal, the the entity, um, has some sort of involvement in the death of extentation. So I'll, I'll read that. Um, I'm almost certain X was killed by the grand pontiff of hell, Baal Berith. Berith is a demon who grants material success, turns base metals into gold, and enhances musical performance, but is also notorious liar and trickster. He also shapeshift. Some evidence, Berith appears wearing red... X's killers were alleged to have been seen wearing red masks. He rides on a horse. The killing was a drive-by. And Barith is most powerful Monday evening and night. And X was killed on a Monday afternoon during the month of June. And according to Christian lore, Barith is associated with murder and blasphemy. Knowing how X was open about his involvement in the occult and demonology, he no doubt invoked Bariff to gain musical talent and success only to have Bariff claim his soul early. A chicken's coming home to roost scenario. And yeah, there's other, you know, if you look around for it, you can find, you know, Reddit threads or archived 4chan posts where it's like people trying to contact entities to get questions about like X's death or playing with Ouija boards and like trying to talk to X through it. And stuff so um it's very interesting that not only was x so interested in the occult and uh not to try and get like satanic panicky about it but he was very literally influencing like a lot of his young fans to get interested in it as as well and i think that that's definitely something that they that they picked up from from x
0: no absolutely
1: yeah um Before we get into talking about rappers, uh, foreseeing their, their deaths, do we want to talk anything about Jocelyn Flores?
0: Yeah. So I think I have a couple more things. Let's see here. So we talked about Migos and Uzi beefing, uh, specifically over Uzi using upside down crosses. X was involved with that, uh, X was also involved, uh, interested in Aleister Crowley. Porn star Nat Rose said X was into the occult and had demons telling him not to be with her. Um, Another friend of X said that they believed he had powers uh, from the, you know, doing rituals and stuff. And then here's an interesting thing. And we're, I, I know we talked about not going satanic panic, but unfortunately, we're like, already there because let's talk about back masking
1: (laughs) oh i'm fine with it let's go well i mean back to crowley crowley said to learn things backwards
0: that's right he said that practitioners of magic should train themselves to think backwards by listening to records in reverse the idea being that listening to things backwards helps with your magical practice now this of course Like, we all know, like, right-wing Christians just, like, playing music backwards and insisting that there's, like, satanic messages and songs, like, in Led Zeppelin or the Beatles or what have you, but X appears to have actually put some of that in his music. There's a bunch of fan, like, fans have, like, searched his music and supposedly they found some pretty convincing stuff. Let's see. Oh, yeah. X collaborated with Diplo, which, you know, we know some of the allegations against Diplo. Um, So one of uh, X's managers, uh, one of his more professional managers towards the end of his life, named Solomon Soband, or Sobandi, he was actually, he's this guy who went and he actually, I was looking up newspaper archives, and his manager actually did a home invasion robbery it went like on a dorm because he was attending the university of connecticut he was arrested for it the same manager later like around when he was with you know representing x actually sold fake credit cards and he was represented by the same lawyer that x used which was a guy named david boken which um how do I say this without getting sued? Uh, you ever seen Better Call Saul? <laughs> I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, actually, because it is public record. I do have a couple list of things that his ex's lawyer did, all of which are very interesting. I would say his lawyer was regularly in the practice of representing what I would call extremely guilty people <laughs> for heinous crimes, which is, you know, not, not good, right, for X. So th- here's just a quick list of types of things that this lawyer, David Bogenschutz, has represented. Uh, major league baseball player in a domestic violence case, a husband-wife prostitution case, a child pornography case where the guy who was caught had hundreds of photos of nude kids, but he defended him on a free speech like situation. He defended someone in a murder for hire case. He He defended a politician for campaign finance violations. He defended hit and runs this weird real estate developer extortion case. He defended a teacher who had sex with a student He defended a foot surgeon who molested a babysitter. Hey, sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Like, my internet never goes out. They're trying to stop us. They know we're too powerful. Punished for speaking the truth. Yeah, so he defended a foot surgeon who molested a babysitter. He defended a crooked county commissioner who was stealing money from the county. He defended coke dealers. So, just really crazy stuff. Yeah. So should we, uh, should we talk about Jocelyn Flores? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is actually a really sad and depressing part of the story, honestly, but Jocelyn Flores, I'm pretty sure she was just 16 and she was living in Ohio and it has been alleged that she was actually in some capacity, like the girl or associated with the rapper Chapo. Uh, out in Ohio, who I've mentioned before uh, with that Ohio connection. But X and her started talking, and he offered her a modeling gig to come down to Florida and also kind of to have, like, a romantic, uh, uh, I guess, time together. And so she came down, uh, even though she was only 16, and she appears to have basically... They were going to do the modeling gig, but it's not clear that like she might have stolen money from him. So there was some kind of dispute. So they were going to just send her back to Ohio rather than do the modeling gig. So they were going to send her the next day. So they just sent her to a hotel room. And at that hotel room, she killed herself. Now, the suicide is really interesting because I'll describe what like I'll read from what the book said about it. Jocelyn was found in a prayer position, her knees bent, her head bowed. A black scarf was tied around the shower curtain rod about an inch below the ceiling. Some shower tiles near where the rod connected to the wall were cracked from the tension. It wasn't that high up. Her knees were on the ground. There had been nothing easy about it. She pushed through until she lost consciousness. Jocelyn wore black sweatpants, black socks, and a black shirt. Two gold chains hung from her neck. It was May 14th, Mother's Day. The police initially approached the investigation as if foul play was involved. DNA was taken. Everyone was questioned. However, there was no evidence pointing to murder. The room was tight, tidy. There was no sign of a struggle. Um... They realized the door couldn't be locked in any other way except from the inside. Uh, the body showed no signs of a struggle, no defensive wounds. Um, so everyone cooperated with the, invest- with the investigation and their stories matched. Um, and they questioned X. Um, and basically, the police never searched her phone or computer. Like, the way she's posed sounds a little bit like interesting but basically this sounds like an out and out suicide right but here's what really gets me okay she had a suicide note but here is the the kicker for me the note is not in her handwriting the note is actually in x's handwriting right like
1: yeah yeah no and it's like if you look at it it's pretty clear
0: Like, that's so insane. Like, a side-by-side comparison of her handwriting, the note, and X's handwriting makes it very clear. And so, this just, like, raises all kinds of questions. Because, like, first of all, Jocelyn had been dating that Chapo guy. Chapo and X had an altercation at Rolling Loud the year before. Basically, and then, so, what's insane is from this point... Like, X offered to meet with her family or to talk to her family, never follows through, never does it. And then he releases a song without asking her family, and he releases a song called Jocelyn Flores.
2: Put 10 shots in my brain I've been trippin' about some things, can't change Suicide at the same time, I'm tame Put you this in, bag of phone, call Girl, that you fuck with, kill so. I was this summer and nobody, yo And ever since then, when I hate myself Wanna fucking end it, pessimistic All wanna see me with no pot to piss in But niggas been inside about the grave, I'm digging. Have a conversation about my hate decisions Fucking sickening At the same time, memory service through the grapevine But my uncle playing with a not put him out of stress, got me fucked up, been fucked up Since come couple months they had a the nigga locked up I'll be feeling
8: pain
3: just to hold on. I don't feel the same. I'm so alone. I'll be feeling pain. I'll be feeling pain just to hold on. I don't feel the same. I'm so alone.
0: The song is like a huge hit and like you know how like people have always speculated like maybe like lady gaga or like certain rappers or whatever of like or like memphis rap sigils where it's like you like killing someone and then like harvesting their like soul or like their energy or their power or like you know it's like a offering or like anything. Like this is so open-ended. Like the, even if she killed herself, like he clearly wrote the note. So and then he wrote and he released a song and like profited off of her death. Like this is like crazy. Like am I going crazy? Like I don't know what to say to this.
1: Well, and that's and that's not the only song. So the first song that he made about the death was called Garrett's Revenge and uh That was within like nine days after the death. And then uh, the song got named Shoran to Revenge. And uh, that's the one where he says, I've dug two graves, graves for us, my dear, and stuff. And there's that Jocelyn Flores song. And the Flores family, the way that they learned that X had made a song about her, was a member of the family, like, was listening to the radio, and it never says her name in the song, but he saw the song title, like, on his, like, radio screen in his car saying Jocelyn Flores,
0: and, like, double took it and was like, what? So. (laughs) Yeah, and then, separately, X actually said that Jocelyn Flores had become his guardian angel, which, like has such a different, like, vibe to it when you have any sort of suspicion about her suicide and, like, also knowing what we know about, like, guardian angels, right, in the Crowleyan mold.
1: Yeah, well, and something else that's interesting is because, like, when X does talk about Jocelyn Flores, like, he kind of comes from this place where he's acting like he's got, like, so much reverence and and stuff for what happened and you know I mean I can't read his heart so I can't you know really say if Mm -hmm. that's the truth or not but what we do know is that like when he invited Jocelyn Flores to like come stay and hang out with him and model and have like whatever kind of romantic relationship they had he brought another girl over to the house at the same time and was like having them Hang out with each other and stuff You know what I mean and and there was just other Things in the story that kind of uh, Insinuate that Maybe he uh, Didn't really care about Jocelyn Flores so much Until after she had already Already passed and then after That then you know in Mm -hmm. his words he, he, He kind of puts it on But it kind of seems like for the brief Period that they were together which wasn't Even more than two weeks I don't think That uh that, that level of reverence wasn't there.
0: Yeah, for sure. It didn't seem to reflect in how he treated her prior to that point. <clears throat> Absolutely. And like, I, I'm i not necessarily saying he murdered her and then like did it as a sacrifice or something, but like he clearly like treated it that way. And yeah, it's like deeply unhealthy. the, like, to have, like, like, it doesn't have to be, like, a one-to-one, oh, black magic is real, for this to be, like, very functioning, very similar, right?
1: Yeah, well, here, I'll put it in, like, a terminology that I've heard X refer to things in before. At the very least, he transmuted the energy and mm. uh, redirected it to, to
0: to his own musical success. Bad Vibes, which is you know one of his favorite terms,
1: yeah, yeah, had the 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 record company Bad Vibes forever,
0: so that's the Jocelyn Flores saga um I'm not skipping over the abuse of his other girlfriend, but I think if anyone knows anything about x they prob- they might have heard that story, don't want to go through it again um I saw that he ex had a uh, yoga instructor that he would do yoga with every day and then they would read books of alchemy thought that was interesting um, he towards the end of his life he was actually donating a lot to charity to try to rehabilitate his image which you know understandable and cool I'm not gonna hate a hate a guy for trying to like go in a positive direction but I noticed that among all of the charities and things he was doing he actually visited a butterfly sanctuary <laughs> and he particularly gravitated towards the blue butterflies and there's actually like I think uh social media posts of him surrounded by blue butterflies which for anyone with like you know MK ultra the MK ultra mindset that's like a Geiger counter ticking like <laughs> off the radar right absolutely and then let's see the let's see oh and uh x explicitly believed in indigo children which is the concept of like basically psychic children uh that often goes hand in hand with some of the more i wouldn't say unhinged but like speculative mk ultra exploration And then, let's see here, we talked about a lot of his, scratch that part, Um, should we, I think we're at the point where we could probably talk about his death.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, so I think I have it here. Um, So basically, I'm not going to go through all of the details of him, but basically, X was murdered uh, when he went to a car dealership, which unfortunately, he had a routine of going to a car dealership with cash to buy cars. So theoretically, I think a complete outsider probably could have figured out and maybe staked it out. But many people close to X suggested that this was an inside job. And it His is own weird. sister. It is, yeah, like, it's weird for anyone to say that, but especially his own sister to say he was killed by, he was set up, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. And she said that she was afraid to visit the grave in fear of someone, you know, acting out in retribution for her, for her saying that, too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And Uh. also his attorney, his uh, very interesting attorney, David shoots. He, who has been privy to the details of ma- of many robberies and homicides from the defense side he says that he questioned many of the oddities and weirdness around this particular robbery homicide and he said usually when you're going to kill somebody like this you take out everybody you clear the landscape and cuz there was a guy with x who survived and so the lawyer said, so I thought that the kid in the car had to do some had to have something to do with it. And so like there his lawyer is just like, there's something weird with this case. And like the like they caught the guys, more or less. Like there were like four guys who basically stole fifty thousand in cash and then basically posted about it on social media, which is like bizarre. So it wasn't very hard and it seems like open and shut case right but one of his friends friend slash anime named rob who is sort of involved with geneva the girlfriend that x beat pretty savagely this guy said he said that x didn't get killed because they felt like robbing him he got killed because he did a lot of stuff not too many people know about now, I don't know what he's talking about, but, like, that could be open to a lot of interpretation.
1: Yeah, every time I see that, my brain starts to go a million miles an hour. Just, like, what could possibly be mentioned here? So, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, there were some oddities, you know, surrounding his death and some things that can make you kind of scratch your head and... Just another thing before we uh, end this conversation because I think it's very interesting and it's something that not only X has done but a lot of other of his fellow SoundCloud rappers is they seem to uh, be very aware of their um, deaths before they happen and sometimes will release details about their own death or something that really make you scratch your head and wonder if it's just Mm -hmm. coincidence um, now, this is uh, pretty famous for people looking into the death of extentation, but he said uh, this on a, on a live stream. If worst things comes to worst and I fucking die or some shit and I'm not able to see out my dreams, I at least want to know that the kids perceived my message and were able to make something of themselves and able to take my message and use it and turn it into something positive and to at least have a good life. If I'm going to die or ever be a sacrifice, I want to make sure that my life made at least five million kids happy. And then he goes on to just kind of like say some like similar positive type stuff for his like fans. But the if I'm going to die or ever be a sacrifice is certainly an interesting thing to say. And if I'm not wrong, I want to say that this was just a few like within a few weeks of him being killed that he said this. He also posted to social media, which has led to lots of interesting uh, conspiracy theories that I don't know how much stock I put into, but nonetheless it's it's interesting to think about, um, about possibly Drake, the rapper, having mm-hmm. some sort of involvement with his death because he put this on um, Instagram. He says, if anyone tries to kill me, it was Champagne Poppy. I'm snitching right now. Champagne Poppy is Drake's username. And he posted this after they had kind of had a... Dis- had a dispute because X felt like he took the flow from his song "Look at Me." Drake did to use on his song KMT, and then this led to X posting pictures of uh, two guys um, having homosexual relations, and one of them kind of looks like Drake, and and, and stuff <laughs> like that. But then, like once again, just like a couple weeks before Drake would die. There's um, a new Drake album comes out. And on this new Drake album, there's a couple of songs which have interesting lyrics that some people have kind of uh, hi- hypothesized that um, it, that this is in relation to X. Um, one of them is, end up getting loose and getting pictures from my ex, SMS, triple X. That's the only time I ever shoot below the neck. And that's on the Drake song, I'm Upset. And then there's another Drake song called Mob Ties, um, saying, "Louis bags in exchange for body bags, people familiar with X's death, the money that was taken after his death was in a Louis bag. Um, and he also, um, Drake also says in the song, hire some help, get rid of these word i can't say um (laughs) so yeah and then he says that he's got a couple of words i can't say that will knock you off in your own city um 600 uh um x wait wait a second let me let me get this correct 600 breezy who's another rapper says drake gave him permission to go after x that's all mm-hmm. that he said. I don't know what that means. And XXX responded with saying, "I got a couple in my own city that will knock you off." Um, so, certainly um, interesting. And just while while we're on the topic of kind of like premonitions of one's death as it relates to SoundCloud rappers, um, Juice World has the, the the quote, what's the 27 club? We ain't making it past 21. And uh, he did not make it past 21. And, uh, oh, I forgot about this in relation to X. Have you seen the sad music video? Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's X, like, it was the first video that was released after his death, but it's X standing over a coffin where the old X is And you can tell because his hair is different um, The one the one in the coffin has his old hairstyle And he has like um, Instead of like black and yellow dreads He has like kind of black and blue dreads And I think that's kind of like maybe to symbolize Like uh, that he's turning a new leaf And then they end up uh, battling in the uh, astral realm I guess the the yeah. two of them and then uh there's the entity uh Gekume or or Gekume, um,
0: who is uh, talks in, in in the video and And he's he, supposed to be like another guardian angel, like sort of similar but different I guess from Jocelyn Flores.
1: Yeah, and X's son is named Gekume. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly a very interesting video. And one thing that the entity in this video says, um, I can't remember it word for word, but it's quite interesting. But it's like basically like, thank you for letting me harness your energy. All of you guys who are hating right now, just know that I have taken your energy and I've transmuted it. And it's like, a, it, it's just very, very interesting, especially in light of all of the, uh, X's beliefs and his um, deep interest in this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, like he basically speaking of X in general, like he basically got famous off of the controversy of savagely beating his girlfriend and going to like jail for it. So like he literally did in a way harness the hate of haters to greater fame. So like yeah. all the all that like all the time he was thinking about harnessing like haters it actually did work for him like and he effectively did that it's it's really interesting to think about
1: yeah it is really interesting and it's something that's made me think and uh i don't know if he counts as a soundcloud rapper or not but just while we're talking about rappers having premonitions of their own death in this video of x looking over his dead self being released right after he actually died in real life is a uh, the first video to be released by uh mac miller upon his death as have you seen the video for self-care the one where he not- no i haven't he's like in a coffin and he's being buried alive in the coffin and he carves memento mori into the coffin as he like smokes a cigarette inside the coffin and like raps but like I don't know, certainly interesting that some of these rappers, like within a week of them dying, just happen to have videos come out where Mm they're you know, it's just like one of those weird things where it's like, is this some sort of weird like serendipity, some weird synchronicity, or is this like is there something to deeper to this? Did they have some sort of knowledge? But also a lot of these guys were living pretty fast and playing it pretty fast and loose so i mean they may have just known because of their lifestyle
0: and for sure like where rap has gone right now is like introspective and depressed anyway so like there is like the overall trend of being more interested in suicide almost than homicide in rap and um also i mean i think maybe one day we'll do a little peep episode if you want but like there was the music video with Lil Peep and I think Lil Tracy. And in the music video, they're looking at an Amy Winehouse painting, I believe. And then they are looking at themselves and then looking back. And it's like, yeah. And then he fucking died. Like, <laughs> that's like yeah. r- ridiculous. I would love
1: to do a Lil Peep episode at at some point. and And uh, something interesting about Lil Peep is... Uh, You know, he was born on, you know, like Halloween night leading into November 1st, which is Samhain. It's when the realm Mm -hmm. between the physical and the spiritual reality is kind of lifted. And uh, something that's interesting is just within the past day or so, a new Lil Peep song called Halloween dropped. And in the song, he's talking about resurrecting, which is kind of weird (laughs) considering that he's dead and uh you know so i don't know can you feel the uh veil between our reality and the spiritual reality lifting do you think that little peep is about to manifest into our reality when it comes to halloween
0: night i wonder like you sent me that shortly before we got on this interview and i was listening to it and i was just like oh good lord (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, dear, like, speaking to the listeners here, like, initially when I was talking to Luke, we were going to do Lil Peep included with all this stuff. But, like, as this whole thing sprawled more and more and we kept finding more and more things, like, we were like, oh, there's not going to be time to do Lil Peep. We'll have to do him as, like, a separate thing. Like, good Lord. But, yeah, I think that we really hit all the.
1: I think we really hit all the. All the main points that I was wanting to hit in our conversation today, and this has been a lot of fun. I don't know if there's anything else that you can think of.
0: Um. Yeah, I just had two last things. So to wrap up, Space Ghost Perp actually said Denzel Curry was quote a clout chaser, a clout chaser, and a quote transvestite. And he also accused him of sacrificing xxx tentacion which space ghost perp um has had multiple uh interesting i guess you could say i don't know not tantrums but like breakdowns on social media um yeah. but at the same time he has seen some shit some probably some satanic shit so like i he was that don't murder. know it yeah yeah so like I don't know if I believe him that Denzel Curry did it, but, like, I don't not know that, you know? So, like, it's just out there, right?
1: Well, just the type (laughs) of things that he's saying for, like, a mentally... uh, Someone struggling with, like, mental health issues is... uh, It's kind of interesting that these, like, ideas of, like, ritualistic sacrifice and, uh, like, kind of like an elite in the rap world keeps surfacing in some of these tangents that he goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then one final thing is the book that I used for a lot of this, which is look at me, the XXX Tentacion story. So I posted this on Twitter, but there, you know, a lot of books, they have pictures at the end and X had this mask that he would perform in sometimes. And it looks kind of like a Lucha, Lucha Libre res- like res- pro wrestling mask. And, but it also kind of looks like a BDSM mask because there's a zipper across the mouth, which no wrestlers have zippers on their masks, like at least really anywhere. Like they don't have zippers, like they maybe tie them up or whatever. And the book calls it a wrestling mask that X would perform in. And it's like, no, that was a BDSM mask. He lived with a BDSM porn star, like... So the book that I used, it was invaluable because he interviewed all these people. But like, there was some really curious, like, I wouldn't say omissions, but like, maybe tactical inaccuracies. The book didn't talk about the fact that Bruno definitely has at least one pornographic video of X. And then, get this, if you look at the author, (laughs) he lists his influences as William S. Burroughs, Joan Didion, and Paul Bowles.
1: I did not see that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, two of the three, at least, are spies. And then he also wrote a book on ocean exploration, which is just, like, you know, an insane libertarian slash spy fixation. So I'm just, like, I'm not saying the author's a spy. (laughs) Right, right, Ghislaine Maxwell. So, like, I'm just, like, I'm not saying that, like, this author... Is doing a limited hangout, but I would argue that like there is probably some narrative management, perhaps, if you catch my drift. Because nothing he wrote would normally be like in the world of XXX Tentacion. So I'm just like I'm just saying something yeah, up with I the I didn't author.
1: read the whole book, but I read large chunks of it. I, I read the chapter where it talks about him going to Miami. There's a whole chapter mm-hmm. on X and the occult, which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of interesting and um uh, i you know i did a search for any mention of like bruno Dickums or some of these mm-hmm. other people who uh i had a particular interest in but yeah but like I, I think...
0: he, he kind of downplays it right
1: yeah no i totally agree i think uh tactical inaccuracies is uh a great way to to put <laughs> it and uh yeah it's also just this kind of thing where like it'll mention like bruno or something but like it doesn't really give you any idea about his character i mean you could read the book and come away thinking this bruno guy is like your normal porn guy or or something mm-hmm. like that or that you know yeah yeah so i think
0: that was a a good way to carefully word that Oh, and then one last thing, just the last detail that I think we missed is that uh, Ex's girlfriend, Geneva, the one that he beat up really bad, she explicitly called Bruno a Pizzagate pimp.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Not just, not just, not just like a sicko or a freak. She called him a Pizzagate pizza gate pimp.
1: pimp. I'm really glad that you remembered that. I, I had made a mental note to mention that to myself and i forgot but yeah it's a very interesting uh (laughs) thing to call him
0: so like at the end of the day like i don't really feel like i can pass judgment on x like he did some heinous shit and he like basically was involved in some very serious magic stuff and like that's all bad i can say unequivocally i don't want to be in the position of saying i think x was bad himself but he was in multiple worlds over his head and he got murdered probably for something he did maybe that's what some people say like i'm not trying to say x is bad i'm not trying to say he's good either I'm just saying, look at this world. It's incredibly fascinating. What the fuck was going on?
1: Yeah, and something that most chroniclers of, you know, rappers and, you know, people in the SoundCloud scene, and uh, I I think that they don't take a lot of this stuff, like, very seriously when it comes to talk of, like, Satanism or the occult, and they kind of think of it as, like, low-tier, like, YouTube Illuminati-type videos, where it's like, Oh, look, this person's, you know, uh, putting, you know, covering one of their eyes or, or something like that. But um, yeah, I think that like, if you're truly interested in these SoundCloud rappers or something like, how do you even look into somebody like X or like Ghost Main without um, paying attention to their interest in the occult? I mean, you really can't get a full picture of these people without, you know, looking into that aspect.
0: Yeah. And like, If you care about X, like if you're a super fan or a supporter, as he said, like he told people don't do hallucinogens. Don't do magic. Basically be positive. Try to do positive things with your life. And like at the end of the day, whatever you might think of X, I think you should listen to him as someone who did bad things in his life. (laughs) Like don't mess around with this stuff. Like be positive. Do positive things with your life, and I mean, that's just all I'll say.
1: Yeah, you know what? I I have a, a quote of from the book that's also quotes X in it that might be a good place to kind of leave this off. Um, when asked about the occult by academics, X refused to talk about it and became angry. This is the part where I get ignorant, he said, explaining that he didn't want to even talk about it because of the mere chance it might encourage others to engage with it. I don't want the kids going down that dark path. They don't need to be curious about that shit. That shit don't lead nowhere good, bro. And so, yeah, I don't know. My my last words would be, that shit don't lead nowhere good, bro. And this Halloween, I advise people to... Uh, not try to see just how much the veil's been lifted, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, I would encourage people to also not mess around with that stuff. Um, there's a lot of other things you could do, a lot of positive things, you know. So, yeah, man, thanks for going down this road with me. It was a little, like, I wouldn't say, like, I was too scared to do it myself, but, like, it was much more reassuring to have someone there with me so thank you very much for that and you found thank you for having me on
1: yeah thank you thank you yeah i love this this was a great time and i look forward to doing it again
0: sometime yeah, we'll definitely have to do at least a little peep and then who knows what else, so.
1: Hell yeah, sounds great. Oh,
3: yeah,
4: baby.
5: I hey, uh, hey, so, man. Man, yeah, baby. so uh, yeah, baby. I'm with got Ryan all all I got a lot of baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, 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 baby. Thought it
4: out. Back on a tricycle, baby. Yeah!
2: Push right on Uh, her pussy, yeah, uh, yeah yeah. Curious George, Uh, nigga looking boy, you uh, so pussy, yeah, yeah Yeah. Yeah. Hit my line Uh, for the nigga dick, check my Twitter, yeah, Uh, yeah They call me uh, Young Dagger Dick, that's uh, my handle, yeah, uh, yeah yeah. She got my dick like a handle, hey little bitch, I got on Jesus' sandals, hey X is an animal mammal, hey Huh? Bitch got the back of a tail yeah, yeah, yeah. Pussy boy you look like a rabbit Yeah, yeah. Pussy boy you look like a yeah, dagger yeah. Bitch I'm gonna get
4: those any family And yeah, if you thought I thought I'd fuck through It's Noah's heart, that pussy wet, no water part Mm -hmm. She said drop that meat in me, just like a shopping cart Mm -hmm. Told me head straight to the back, just like a Rosa Parks Walked up in the bank with pack that smell like donkey fart poison dagger ayy. Fuck my conscience, I'll stab ya uh, Ask that hoe was wrecked uh, Slide up on a nigga like a care package ay, Bearing that pussy like smokey mm, Chain swing like rodeo ropey mm, Diamonds so wet that they soapy Shine. Watch them mingle like they do the hokey pokey, 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 pokey okay. Hey yo, colored diamonds from the dumpy horse story hey. Feel like Dexter, got double D's in my laboratory yeah. Eating with the sweet south sauce like a six piece sauce Free me from the cops, freaky geeky, geeky. Like Make you say goodbye like a
3: Ouija. Bye-bye.